What's up, motherfuckers? This is a cold open for the show. You know how cold opens work. First, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you to go to VinylGraph.com. That's our good friends at V-I-N-Y-L-G-R-A-F-F.com for custom graffiti decals. You can use the promo code CHRIS1. You're going to get 10% off your order. But more importantly to this cold open, i got to tell you what we talked about today. We talked about all sorts of stuff. You had an uh, update on the Staten Island Autonomous Zone. I talked about Barack Obama and how I agreed with him. That's a guy who continued all of George Bush's uh, uh, destructive foreign policies and bailed out the auto industry. And I agreed with him, Mike. Can you fucking believe that shit? I can barely believe it. Yeah. And then on top of that, we talk about Gadoff Schittler. We also talked about anti-vaxxing. We talked about it. We gave, we gave a quick update on the Staten Island Autonomous Zone, a.k.a. the stamp. Get into it. Cold open. Notes of a goon. Let's go. Crack a beer, bitch. What the fuck is up, goons? We are doing a show. It's going down. I'm your host, Chris from Brooklyn. I am joined by my stalwart producer, Michael J. Harrington. How are you, Mike? It's not It's not a J, Bubba. What is your middle name? Uh, it's, it's a K. What's the K stand for? I don't, I don't want to give up my middle name, dude. I'm not, I'm not no middle name given Mid- type of guy. Middle initials can only be P or J, and cartoons have taught me that. No, dude, it's a fucking, it's a K. You're not going to tell people your middle name? Nah, dude. Is it Kyle? No. All right. Well, look, we've got a lot to talk about today. Um, This has been uh, a long week. When we were last on the show, we were discussing the Who Are These Podcast podcast. And they were going to review this show, and they they, they say mean things about you, right? That's typically what they do, yeah. Now, all I knew going into that was... That they had said that uh, they were going to review an episode of the show, which is when we were in Studio B, the Medium Cox Studio here at Gas Digital. Right. Right? We were going to be in Studio B, and it was right. just there was a lot going on and at the and time. You were, you were afflicted. I was afflicted. I had an infection on my face, which, you know, you can make fun of that all you want. I did have a mask infection. I had staff on my fucking face. Because you were being an upstanding citizen. Because, yeah, I was, for you, I was doing that for you, the listener. I don't wear masks for me. It's for you. I don't know if you guys have seen all of the stuff in the news about masks. Yo, you're swole as fuck. Cooties ain't going to hurt you. Cooties can't hurt me. That's what I'm saying. I've got, first of all, I got my cootie shot. It was the same shot as gonorrhea, coincidentally enough. It does the same thing. Uh, it, it, here's, I don't need to wear masks. I was doing it to be an upstanding citizen. Just set an example. For my fellow dead city New Yorkers. And yeah. it just happened. And they were just happening to do Don't that forget one. forget the 7 billion people listening at home. And the 7 billion people that listen to this show every fucking week. God damn it, Mike. You, I, you're I, doing I, your job. And so they chose that episode. So that's all the information I had about what they gave. And I was not going like, to... Typically, I don't, I, I'm not one to respond when I'm insulted on the internet. I usually will click like on a post and keep it moving. You know what I mean? Um, it's very courteous to their engagement. Yeah, I just—I literally would just upvote if it's on Reddit. I will upvote it. If it's on Twitter, I will like it. If somebody's like Chris sucks, I will like their post and keep it moving. Because to me, that is the funniest possible thing. <laughs> is to shit. I like being made fun of. It's my fucking favorite fucking thing 
in the goddamn some there's a guy who shits on me every time I'm on a real podcast makes fun of my sh- my arms for being short. Let me tell you something. I was making fun of my buddy back in the day and he's a little younger than me and he was like I was just shitting on him because he was an easy he was an easy target but I was just like I was like he's like he's like you know there's not a lot to make fun of you on and I was just like I got a big head and short arms. You can call me C-Rex. There you go. That's a free one asshole. He proceeded to do that for 10 fucking years after that. He called you C-Rex for yes. 10 years? Yes. He would call me like a big-headed freak and all sorts of shit. There was one time we were down in Virginia <laughs> Beach getting all fucked up. And uh, he got played. Him and this dude were chilling with two chicks. And then the two chicks just wanted to have a threesome with the other guy. And he came in in the morning. I was all hungover. He was like, what's up, you big-headed freak? I was like, call me a motherfucking freak again. And, he go, and I just go, hey, at least, at least I'm not enough of a freak where people don't want to fuck me so much that they'll double up on this loser. <laughs> And it didn't go over well in the room. I also shot that kid with a crossbow that weekend, and I probably shouldn't have done that. However, back to who are these podcasts. So this is all I have going in to who are these podcasts. I know that they're doing this one. The, the only episode that I was unhappy with, that's what we said last week. Yeah. Right? That was the only one when I, we left here where I didn't go, I think that was pretty good. I literally was like, that sucked. And so that's the one they're going with. Now, Here's what we didn't say on the show last week. So I was, so I literally respond after they responded. I just wanted to acknowledge that they did it. I actually posted the link in the High Society Radio Discord. Yeah, because that's just like the right thing to do. I have a few friends that listen to that show, and I texted them, "Hey, they're shitting on me this week. Make sure you listen," because that's just I asked them to do the show, right? Of course. Now you want some feedback, so. But I just, I, I, as soon as the show dropped, you told me that it had dropped. Yeah. And I wanted to tweet about it as soon as it came out because, as the way I see it, they're doing me a favor by shitting on me. Right. Essentially, right? That's their gimmick. Yeah, that's their thing. Whatever. Like, what? Like, if I, I would want Jake the Snake to put the snake on me if I was working Jake the Snake. You know what I mean? Like, yo, if like, you didn't rate for the snake, if imagine you were working a fucking. You, you, you're a wrestler, and they're like, yeah, you're in a match with Stone Cold. What's the finish? He's going to put you in a sharpshooter. Fuck you! Stun me! Pour beer on my face. Now, normally, if somebody pours beer on my face, I'd be like, fuck that guy, let's fight. But if it's Stone Cold, I'd be like, that's fucking awesome. So I just thought it was the neighborly thing to do, to tweet out, and I just used the only information I had about what they had done, because I did not listen to the show, because I'm going to tell you this. There is nothing that I want to do less than listen to a podcast about fucking podcasts. There's nothing stupider on this fucking plot. I don't listen to the, you know, I don't watch the Tonight Show because it's a fucking TV show about fucking TV shows. And it's fucking corny. It's fucking stupid, Mike. Wait, are you talking about the, the Jimmy Fallon tonight yeah, show? Yeah, fuck that guy, Jimmy Fallon, too. Wait, you're saying it's a TV show about TV shows? Yeah, all these late-night TV shows are just, there's some jokes spliced in, but they're really just TV shows, and then somebody comes out and goes, hey, I'm also on a TV show. Let's just show a clip. Shut the fuck up. All right, well, now, now you're just breaking down the medium of podcasting and making it seem silly. Everything is stupid, Mike. That's why at the end of this show, you know who I didn't interview? A podcaster. At the end of this show, you're going to stay tuned. I talked to my buddy Dork, who's an all-city fucking graffiti dude who's been tra- who's traveled the world and done graffiti in fucking multiple fucking continents. 
has some of the best shoplifting stories I ever fucking heard in my fucking life because fucking podcasting is stupid. Doing podcasts about podcasts are stupid. The Tonight Show is stupid. Everybody can go fuck themselves, especially Carl from Who Are These Fucking Podcasts. That's all the information I had. I was being fucking neighborly, to which I got back, there's a pretty weak response. Sorry we didn't roast you the way you wanted to. Now, mind you, here's what I didn't say in that tweet or on the last episode of this fucking show. They emailed you and told you to tell me that the day the show comes out to shit on them. Did they not? Yeah, that was the, uh, that, that was the information that I had. Yes. Because they don't tag people for no. the shows that they drop. Because it's supposed to be like a secret secret ballot review. But what they did was emailed you to tell me to shit on them so we can have a back and forth, and then they'll invite me on the show. Okay, well, I didn't know we were just, we were just totally breaking kayfabe. You told me to come in here and break kayfabe. I did at no They're point. They're the motherfuckers doing a work shoot. At no point did I say break kayfabe. All right, look, you never break kayfabe. We'll slate this. I thought we were doing that. We can. We we might. Are we editing this out? I mean, we can do whatever you want. I I'm stopping the show for a moment here. Okay. This part will be edited out. All right. Uh, what do you want me to do here, Mike? It's whatever you want to do. I I'm literally going with you. I was gonna not address these idiots. Well, I mean, you got to because they fucking came at you on Twitter. All right, so let's take out the part where let's they were going to invite me on the show. Let's just take that part out, okay? Um, yeah, because now, all right, now let's think of where we're at here in this. Because then they uh, asked me to shit on them to get to to get the word out that the show exists, right? Okay, yeah, you have just, that email, correct? Uh, I have a DM. Yeah. Okay, fine. Okay, so we can. Uh, yeah, let's take it from there because that's at least like juicy enough to be like, look, we're fucking talking yeah. shit. Um. Yeah. Okay. And then uh All right, yeah, yeah. So no. yeah, let's pick it up at let's pick it up at um where I told you about the fucking like they put it out and they don't tag you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh cuz I think that's the like that'll be like the last thing from Okay, okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So it's like you yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um Yeah, so they tell you, Mike, right? They tell you, put it out. They're not going to tag me, but to shit on them. So I just quote tweet them. And honestly, to know that this tweet was coming, I had to follow their account. I never followed their account before. But quote tweet it, blah, blah. Again, the only thing I know about the show. Then you chime in and you go, yeah, they only talked about 14 minutes of this. And you're going back and forth about the whole thing with Real Ass Podcast with them. I don't even know. Did you listen to this? So I listened to, <clears throat> so I had a thing Saturday, right? The, the, their producer hit me up. He's like, yeah, they're fucking going live in their Discord right now. If you want to check it out. I was like, of course. So I tuned in. I listened for the 30 seconds where they were being kind because uh, they, they, they appreciated a joke. You did uh, text me and you go, they, they're putting you over a little bit. Yeah, and I was like, wow, this is... Here's the thing. 30 seconds out of 14 minutes of niceness in something like this, I think it's fine. Yeah, and Carl was honestly, I think Carl said one or two things were kind of funny. I think he kind of shit on you for the second one. Uh, he didn't appreciate you making a joke about how funny it would be if uh, DTJ... Uh, passed on from the cooties. First of all, let's let's examine that. It is so fucking funny if Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> fucking died of fucking cooties. It is fucking hilarious. 
If you don't think it's funny, if his old ass can't stand up straight at a podium pops that eats nothing but cheeseburgers, fucking beat this shit, and then his fucking coked out in the woods fucking flannel shirt ass son died. If you don't understand why that's funny, like, it's not, I don't want a Trump family member to die. I think the idea of a blowhard who could probably be killed by a breeze <laughs> surviving this thing and then his son dying, that is funny. Objectively. I mean, anybody whose kid's dying while he's getting evicted, that's pretty funny. Dude, here's the thing. Carl would have thought that was funny if they were black. It's fair. <laughs> I do know that about Carl. If Obama's son was dying, like, yeah, I think he would have been fine with it. Look, I'm sure their show is fine. I've heard some clips of it here and there. It's funny. But then they got like, they're getting at us for the stuff we're saying back to them. It's like, you guys asked us to, I was going to say nothing. I didn't know this whole thing that they, like, where they were just like, do this. It's like, I just thought it was a funny concept that you guys just shit on people and none of you are comic. Like, it's like funny. Yeah, I mean, it's like the, the, the it, concept. Yeah, the, like it's all right. Like it was, it's an original. It, when they started doing, now there's like 10 shows that do this, correct? I'd assume so. I mean, it was an original concept to do for podcasts. Uh, clearly, we talked about last week. It's just Opie and Anthony's bit. But, it, it's fine. I don't care. Like, my whole thing was, like, you guys asked us to tweet about you. You guys are, you're literally a work shoot, is what they're doing. Like, it's like, you, you're, like, it's fucking, whatever, man. They got a gimmick. It gets them over. Like, they're, they're, their fans enjoy it. And they're, they're, no, their fans don't realize they're being worked. They do. You think so? No one's that dumb. Come on, man. I don't know. If, that you're, if you're telling me you think you think. Wrestling fans used to pull guns on Jim Cornette in the 70s. <laughs> and, that's, and there was a book that was written in the 30s called Fall Guys about how wrestling is fake. You understand what I'm saying? Look, man, I'm just saying. I look at a guy like Carl, right? And it's like, if you think there's a world. Pull up a picture of Carl. I, I wish I could. Just Google Carl from Who Are These Podcasts. <sighs> I found a picture of him pretty quick. Did you really? He was on Chrissy Mayer's podcast a few weeks back. Huh. Didn't know she had video, other than the one she did here. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hell yes, dude. Hell yes. All right. I mean, my problem is, right, how do you live in a world, mm -hmm. right, where you know Carl, right? You know this is where I Carl— I didn't know what he looked like until I got that tweet back. I didn't even know that that was him running the account until you started commenting on the account. I thought it was whatever producer you were talking to. Who I don't even know who the producer is. Look, I, I mean, yeah. And this I, isn't me doing the work thing where I'm going, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing that. I legitimately don't know. I know who Carl is because of the episode of Real Ass Podcast I was on where they were shitting on, on Carl. And because he was on Chrissy Mayer's show and I saw it on her Instagram page. Yep. That's how I know who he is. He looks like, uh, he looks like Ryan O'Neal with worse teeth. He looks like Ryan O'Neal if he never got out of the fucking uh, yeah, he does look like Ryan O'Neal. Fuck, I was thinking he looks like he looks like Ryan O'Long's cousin from the Canadian Trailer Park and Trailer Park Boys. That's what I was thinking. Way over my head, dude. I'm just saying he's he's not a handsome man. Is all I'm saying. No, but I'm saying he's also like he's he doesn't have a chin, right? That's my biggest problem. He has nowhere to rest your balls. Right. 
Uh, so it's a situation where it's like, the, I don't think anyone believes, right? Carl mm-hmm. would hop on and talk all that shit walking around looking as frail as he is, right? Like, no man is going to be like, oh, yeah, this guy's talking shit and well, he means the it. Whole, wasn't the whole thing for a while nobody knew what he looked like? I don't know. I, I really don't know. No, I'm just saying. Like, We're that, coming that, in here half-cocked. That's how you know this isn't a work, because I don't know what to say. Oh, then that was a picture of fucking Stavros and Carl, and Stavros is a fucking sexy beast <laughs> next to Carl. That's true. I, I honestly, I was, I pointed out that this guy had the fucked up teeth in a picture where Stav's missing a tooth. Tooth, yeah. Without a hint of irony. It's crazy. Pull that picture up again. He looks like the bad guy from the Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> this is... He, he looks like a bad... A Chippendale's Rescue Rangers villain. <laughs> Like a lab, he looks like a lab rat that became an inbred hillbilly. Like, what just, are we gonna do today, Pinky? Yeah. Oh, yeah, try to review some podcasts. Solid. So yeah, that's how that went. I literally was just trying to play ball with those guys, and they're just like, and like, I'm not even. Yeah. That is. Yeah. That is autistic, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> or less autistic. Yeah. There you Carl. go. There's the underbite. <laughs> So that's how that, I just tried to do a nice, like a fun little ribbing thing. Now we're here. I don't even have really insults for them because I didn't listen to their show. And I'm not gonna. I will tell you this. Uh, they spent quite a while talking about Opie uh, and whatever show he's doing. I don't know Opie. Yeah, I mean. I, I loved Opie and Anthony. I, everybody shitted on Opie afterwards. And they were like, he's a no talent shithead. I'm like, I don't know. I've got so many hours of enjoyment out of that show. Like, I mean, Opie was good at putting funny people in a room together. Sure. There's definitely times where Opie made me laugh. When he like, would fuck with people and everybody else would get uncomfortable. Shit was fucking fine to me. I've never listened to his podcast. God, no. I, I'm not trying to shit on Opie here. Like, <laughs> I will tell you. No, no, no. It was just weird to me that it's like, you know, these guys who, st- who clearly stole an Opie and Anthony bit for their show, mm-hmm. right, just spent that much time re- just working a fucking angle with Opie. It was... What, is that also a work shoot? I mean, I I can't imagine. I don't know, dude. Opie's got nothing else going on. It might this be. This is like the CM Punk, CM Punk pipe bomb if the pipe was a fucking meth pipe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I hate Carl. I genuinely don't I like him. I have no problem with him. Yeah. I'm, sure the sh- I'm sure everything they said was funny and correct. And here, here, oh, no, yeah. no, here's, I didn't even get to this. They didn't do that episode. That they originally reached out to you and said that yeah. because you replied to their producer, hey, we, we had audio issues. I want you to actually shit on the show show. Right. And they did the episode we did with D. It was a long episode. Right. I'm happy. With, if I had known that, I'd have had nothing. And none of this would have ever happen. Dude, his co-host listened to three hours. His co-host listened to three hours. God bless him. And they only had 14 minutes of shitting on it to do? It was wild. I was drunk and meandering Yo. by the end of that show. <laughs> and not only that, me and D were doing a couple tootskis before that interview. I'm not even gonna fucking lie. We we're doing a couple of, we had a couple of nose beers and some whiskey. <laughs> like fucking <sighs> But I digress. Let's move on because I don't wanna we've dedicated too much time to this already. All right, well, we have an issue. You don't have you don't have my one drop? <laughs> it's not the jingle palette isn't up. Okay. 
Well, you know, you know. Here's the thing. Don't switch. Can you do me a favor? Can you go to the d- description of this week's show? No. Somewhere? No. On the internet? Shut up. Pull it up on the screen, Shut Mike. Shut up. Pull up the description of this show <laughs> from this week, last week's I show. I swear to God. No, 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 no. Someone's fucking with me. If it's, it's not possible. Pull it up. I, I checked on the way in because I was like, this will kill a few minutes. No. Pull it up. No. Pull it up on the screen, Mike. What does it say, Mike? Chris from Brooklyn is back at again talking about crazy people in Kenya. A riot at back a Back at again. I swear to God someone's fucking with Carl me. Carl is going to think we're assholes, Mike. I I I think Frank might have access to this Art 19 and is fucking with me. There's no other reason. Can I, you apologize to me? I Chris, no. No, I'm not apologizing because maybe you're fucking with me. I am totally fucking with you. You I, son of a bitch! I, I did that this morning. Fuck you! If this is somehow the first episode you've ever listened to of this show, uh, let, me, let me give you a little backstory. Uh, so Mike has been mostly... <laughs> A fantastic producer. You just heard that whole story where he definitely gave me a bunch of information about who are these podcasts, which I was not supposed to have. Um, (laughs) And uh, so he's been doing a great job. I really appreciate everything he's done for this show, uh, except for one thing. We batched the first eight episodes of the show so that we can release them all at once just so people could have a bunch of content to binge if they wanted to. And the description of the first episode was, Chris from Brooklyn is back at it again for the first time. And then the next seven episodes, it just said, Chris from Brooklyn is back at again. And then and then so I corrected him. He fixed it. And I didn't check for a while. And then we let another 10 episodes or so go by. And it said, Chris from Brooklyn is back at again. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest. I did not think when I changed that this morning. That you were gonna be nearly that confident that you had gotten it right, <laughs> dude. I checked. And like, I, I'm just gonna say this right now. That was the Van Halen. Was it Brown M and M's? That's what that was. I don't. You know they, they used to say was that Van Halen that it was uh they had you had to take all the Brown M and M's out of their fuck in their rider in the dressing room and if they went in and they saw Brown M and M's or maybe it was Green M and M's or something might have been a different hair metal band, um, but it was like. Uh, I get, Frank's in the lounge. I guarantee he knows the answer to this. Um, they wouldn't do the show because they had so much pyrotechnics in the 80s that they knew if they didn't do that. It's Van Halen, right? Yeah, Van Halen's brown M&M backstage. Yeah. Um, that was what I was doing. I was for well, sure going to go. I was going to come in here and you were going to go, fuck, I did it again. God damn. The fact that you were... Th- that shows... That you are just becoming a better person. <laughs> and that means the show is working. That's what this show is supposed to be. It's about evolution. Hell it's yeah. about moving, moving forward. This is a lot, like, right? So a lot of this show is about me coming at topics as the person I never fucking became. You know what I mean? Okay. It's all, if I never stop just drinking in bars and thinking that was the coolest. Have I talked about how I'm so glad I somehow got snapped out of believing that being a regular in a bar was the coolest fucking thing? Have we talked about that you at all? You used to think that? I don't know. For maybe a couple of years. 
I don't know how I got there, but I thought it was like cool to like be friends with the bartenders and the other fucking bar flies in bars. I just thought that was a cool thing. Uh, look, it still is. It goes back to my, my. It's still fucking cool. It goes back to my enamoring with the 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 Foot Clan lair, and then yeah. even like you know, like my favorite thing in any movie as a child was you know the scene where they're all getting drunk at Pinocchio. Yeah, that was great until they all turn into donkeys. I literally was like, this looks awesome, and then like there's this whole moral. You know what I mean? Yeah, I tuned out after that because yeah, I just cause I kept like, thinking, like, I just want to play pool. pool. Yeah, they're shooting pool, smoking cigars. It's like, this looks fucking dope. I remember thinking, honestly, while I was watching that, because I used to go play pool with my dad sometimes at a pool hall in town, and I was like, yo, that looks like what fucking teenagers should be doing. Looks like the most fun. Maybe not the cigars, because that looks like it would suck. You know what I mean? They'd just be choking down a gross-ass cigar in a pool hall. But, like, I don't know, maybe have a beer and play some pool. That looked fun as fuck. See, my Uncle Frank, who I thought was the coolest motherfucker of all time, because he was, like, the oldest, he smoked he smoked cigars like a motherfucker. But I'll tell you this. I, I for, Yeah, for whatever reason, I would, like, go into bars. And, like, there are still bars that I can go in, and I'm, like, very friendly with the staff. But, like, it's, all, it's all comedy. And it's, it's also, like, childhood friends that still work there. Like... I'm really glad I'm not on the first name basis with the guys who just go to the bar without texting anybody anymore. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. You know what really I think broke me of it? There's a bar near my house. And it's a bar that I actually really like. And I still like this bar. And it's the bar I go to in my neighborhood. But I would go there when I started to do open mics, when I first started doing like comedy. And I would just, the night would, first of all, I sucked. Right? I don't like to talk about comedy that much, but I'll, I'll just talk about this because it relates to the topic. Uh, and then I, I have one quick other thing about it. But um, I I would come home, and the night would feel unfinished because, A, I sucked at comedy, and open mics are fucking awful. And so I would be like, the night feels unfinished, and I would be coming home like along the F-line, walk home to my house, and I would stop in this bar, and I would drink, and I realized that people were starting to know who I was in there. And it was a new place that I had not lived at before, and it was like... Real, like, there was, like, a homeless guy who basically lived there named Al, who was a really nice guy. But when I came in and Al woke up off the bar and said, hey, Chris, how's it going? I was like, oh, what am I doing? We got to get out of here. What am I? And here's the, here's the real kicker. It was the bar that my mom worked at in the 80s. Mm. It just happened to be, it happens to be the best dive bar by my house. It actually... Caught on fire. It's not as divey anymore. It's nice because it caught on. It, mm. it caught caught a case of the Jewish lightning, Mike. Gotcha. Uh, I, I mean, that's. So I, don't, that, I don't know that. Was but that I, the that's bar you would get like brought into as like a fucking baby? No, no, no. My 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 father wouldn't have. No wife of his was working. Ah. The bars I was brought into as a baby were wherever my dad was hanging out or my maternal grandfather. Gotcha. Um. But. Uh, it is, it is just, you thought that was pretty cool when you were, there's a point in everybody's life when you're in your 20s, and you think that, and like, I know so many people, that, like, the, the the squad of people I know who like, got into that as a point in like, maybe their mid-20s, because you just like, want to be able to smoke blunts in a bar, yeah, after hours and shit, and like, you want to be able to like, get your drinks, fa- because, you, because you spend your early 20s in bars because you're trying to get laid, right? Yeah. And then, it's like, it becomes, and it's going to be different for kids now, I think, because they got like... I hate to sound like this old ass motherfucker, but they got like absence. Like my buddies who are young, I have friends who are in their mid and early twenties. Like they're not going out to like they'll talk to girls if they're at bars and there's girls there, but they're not like 
worried if there's no girl. Like, you would go to a bar when you were a kid and there's no chicks there. You'd be like, we got to go somewhere else, right? Yeah. And yeah. my friends would be but like, now that's that- weird. Why don't we just hang out as friends? And I was like, because that's gay. Yeah. It's bad, man. <laughs> I, I've, I had so many. I mean, look, if it's a Tuesday, yeah, you don't go looking for chicks. Eh. Depends where you are. I mean, like, I don't Tuesday, care where I am, dude. Dog, Tuesday in February? What are you going to... I'm not trying... I don't drink. If I'm at a bar, it's too... Nah, talk to chicks. I was shooting pool. We would shoot pool. Or shoot pool. Yeah. That's fair. Or, and a lot of times we would go, well, it's Tuesday. This is kind of boring. Let's just go to strip club. That's what... Like, right. That was like what kind of when like the Brooklyn strip clubs, like in Sunset Park, there used to be like a few of them. Now there's only one. When, who the fuck knows if that'll reopen after COVID? But like... Used to be able to go, we used to go to this place, fucking Club 37, that's been closed for years. And that was the shittiest of the three strip clubs in that neighborhood at the time. And you would go in, there was no cover during the week. Beers were the same price as the dive bar. They were $3 at the time. Hell yes. Dude, and it was just like, yeah, why don't we just go? There's just naked ladies there. And like, I'm talking about it's Tuesday, there's nobody in there, it's February. You just like finger a chick at the bar while you're drinking a Heineken. That cost you three dollars. You leave. I remember I went in there once and they had a six foot hero out for one of the girls' birthdays. They were like, "You want some of this?" And I was like, "Yeah, what am I doing with my life? I don't really need to live, you know." <laughs> You're eating six foot fucking stripper heroes. Dude, I had. They gave me the corner piece. Of, no, they gave my boy Dame the corner piece of the cake. Like we went in there. The guys who used to work at Roland Roaster in Sheepshead Bay. Uh, I was friends with a bunch of them. We used to go in there, and this, my boy who stuttered would be like, yo, yo, he, ga- he gave me his corner piece. They brought him the corner piece <laughs> of the fucking cake, dog. <laughs> like, I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a place I'd like to be a regular. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, well, here's the thing. is like Then like one of the three strip clubs closed, and they start, like, the prices started going up a little bit. And then now it was just one. It was this other place, Peyton's around the corner that had used to be Wild Wild West, and then it became Peyton's Playpen. Uh, that place is still fun. It's still all right. They need a they need a little couple more roster changes. There's a little too many friendly faces. I need to see new bitches. Yeah, I don't like seeing the same bitches in a strip club. I like when they think I might fuck with them. You know what I mean? Like that. I think I like a stripper when they think they might could scam me. I got gotcha. you. But yeah. Anyway. So back to the the, the the bar fly bullshit and why I think I'm so like I'm so glad I snapped out of whatever that was where this is my regular and I still have those bars where the same guys work there, the same people are in there, and I can pop in once or twice a year and people are happy to see me. You know what I mean? Sure. But I'm really glad that I fucking broke myself of whatever that was, where that's your Every day. Sure. It's fucking... They just think... It's, they think they're super cool. You can't ever... The guys that hang out in a place like that, you can't ever... Like, you can't do anything. Like, it is like... if Like, I would, like, tell those guys, like, I was coming to... I was doing stand-up in that place that I was talking about, and they were just like... They would just be like, you're not funny. And I was just like, you're the worst people. Like, this is the worst thing. Yeah, they're pretty miserable. Yeah, but they all act like they're not miserable, and it annoys me. Whatever, moving on. That took a while. Yeah, I had to get it on the... You should have been able to sense that that topic was losing steam. I you mean, weren't even interested in it. It lost steam a solid Shut up! <laughs> 
I was at. It. I, I I did a show earlier today. Like we're going. I'm going to Atlantic Dude, City. Dude, you didn't even. I'm sorry. Just to just to want to play. You know, producer. Want to want to catch you up here. You didn't finish your sentence about why Van Halen pulled that shit with the brown M and M's because I think it's interesting. No, oh, because the pyrotechnics thing. That you didn't say that. Did I not say that into the mic? I think I believe I did. No, so you didn't. Ex- so they wouldn't do their entire. They had this big stage pyrotechnic show, and they knew that if they went into the back and there was no brown m M&M, and and there was brown M&Ms in the bowl, that they didn't pay attention to the rider, which means that they probably didn't hook up the fucking fireworks, right? Which means somebody was going to get great... They were going to get great whited in that bitch. It was going to be like Jaws, like... As they were playing, and motherfuckers was going to die. Okay, that seems real dumb. What do you mean? Because I don't think... I mean, why would you assume that the same team that's handling the fucking green room is handling the fucking explosives? It's just that the message was not relayed. Like, somewhere along the line, messages were not being relayed properly. They were the biggest stars. In, they were like some of the biggest biggest stars on the planet. At the I time. just, that sounds like a fucking if horseshit correlation. I agree. I think it's just the kind of thing where it's just like, we're going to do this because it's super visible. Nah, that sounds like some shit they would say mm-hmm. in the fucking, in the year, like, 2010 to describe why they were pricks in the 80s. Hmm. You know what I mean? That sounds like some shit where it's like you get a little bit older, you get a little bit wiser, you realize you were a fucking asshole who was on coke at 23, and you're like, I mean, I got to come up with some kind of reason as a 50-something-year-old man being interviewed by Split Cider. Here's the thing. I think some of the best moments in all of those interviews for all of those people were are fucking this. When they go, yeah, we were assholes. What are you <laughs> like, it's like, that always gets a pop. Yeah, that's fair. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's why it kind of plays out to me. Because like, something like that, we're like, yeah, we were fucking rock stars. Fuck you. Take the brown M&Ms out. Okay. Like. I don't know. I, I guess I'm thinking about like, British rock stars who all like, want to be knighted and fucking foo-foo assholes by the time they're fucking 43. So it's like. Yeah, it's like wrestlers that start wearing MMA gloves. You know what I mean? It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, all it's right. like, come on. Like, it's like, yeah, hell, yeah, those fucking British musicians. It's like, it's like, you're all of a sudden, I've been thinking about this a lot just with other shit. It's like, these people that are like these, like, counter things, and then they get into shit. Well, a lot of it has to do with, like, Biden is the president now, right? Yeah. Joey Business. Yeah. He's, he's the president-elect that as is- of this. Um... But I'm not a fucking fan at all, right? I watched two fucking... This, and this kind of plays into it, like, just on this. Those fucking rock stars now want to be fucking knighted. He's like, didn't you... Weren't you, like, fuck the queen? Wasn't that your shit when you were a fucking rock star? You fucking... So, like, I, I saw the on the PBS News Hours, one of the girls who does uh, Politics Monday, and not only that, there was another... There was a couple other tweets I saw where they were, like, describing Biden's transition team as delightfully boring. Okay. Because they were then citing the other administrations they worked for. Those administrations killed lots of brown people for really no reason. Right. And I'm just like, what? This is not, is it boring to the fucking kids in Yemen? Like, is it, bo- they're, yeah, they're starving to death, so I guess that's boring because the internet's out because of the bombs. Like, what, like, why, it is, is it, what is boring about the whole, the whole thing? Like, it's like, here's something really boring. We're going to bring in these people 
who everyone always hated, but were terrified of, and so said nothing. It's a your sigh speaks volumes. What man. I what I do like about it, and hear me out on this. Mm-hmm. We finally have a president that everybody can hate. Here's the thing. I don't even know because I was just, I just saw a black kid. I was just at a show and I saw a black kid, 20-something, shit on Biden on stage. Yeah. And a white audience tighten your buttholes. And it was fucking bizarre. And I get where you're, I get where you're going because of this Obama thing that just happened. If anybody doesn't know is listening to this. Barack Obama came out yesterday as of this recording. Was it yesterday? I believe so. And he said uh, people should not use the term defund the police. Now, we said in an earlier episode of this show, we're all for defunding the police. We are anti-police. I don't like them. They're mm. dicks. Um, I, I think I also said in that same episode that it is a bad way to go about it. Is to say defunding the police. Uh, who'd have thought I the first time I would wholeheartedly agree with Barack Obama, he'd be getting fucking skewered by the fuck. The fucking squad came after him, dog. The squad. We all know that anybody calls himself the squad has got to be into. Imagine a group of kids in your fucking high school. The dorkiest black kids in every fucking high school in America call themselves the squad. Mm. Or the. Like, like those aren't yeah. the cool black people. Those are like the kids who are in step team, right? It's fair. Like those are the fucking corn. Those are the theater kid black people. Like, the, those are the. Those are the. Have I talked about those the, are the kind of kids who will argue about Static Shock with you at a party at two in the morning? No, but have I talked about the Burger King Crown shit on the show yet? Yes. Okay. Those are the Burger King Crown black kids. They call <laughs> themselves the Squad. If you don't know what that is, go listen to an earlier episode where I map out. The fact that I know multiple different fat black people from different fucking districts that all wore Burger King crowns to school and they were all corny as shit, yeah. right? Like it's just like it, that. That's who calls it. Like they're going after Obama. Like, look, Obama was kind of a dork too, but at least that motherfucker was doing coke, smoking fucking weed, fucking white bitches and shit, wearing fedoras. Yeah, fucking Obama's out here fucking killing it. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, 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 you going at him for saying, hey. Maybe don't say defund the police because it makes fucking people clutch their pearls. And what you do is say, we need fucking finance reform in the hood. Like, we need to reallocate some of these funds. That's not a fucking bad thing. Hmm. What is what is with you with the fucking... All day. What do you mean? What was the... Mm? I was just doing more research into what, the topic what, that you're talking what do you, about. What did you, what, you find out? I'm reading about AOC's response to it, exactly what she said. Yeah. Fucking goofball. What did she say? Uh, The thing that critics of activists don't get is that they're tired playing the polite language policy game, and it it all it did was make them easier to ignore. It wasn't until they made folks uncomfortable that there was traction to do anything, even if it wasn't their full demands. The whole point of protesting is to make people uncomfortable, spelled PPL. Activists take their discomfort, W slash the status quo, and advocate for concrete policy changes. Popular support often starts small and grows. To folks who complain protest demands make others uncomfortable, that's the point. Sure, that's fair. However, 
at some point, when it comes to policy, you can't call it defund the police. Right? I'm all for it. I'm all for, like, and I'll say this. I think it's a super commendable, like I said on the show before, it's a super commendable stance of the far left to be finally be like, hey, we figured out where we want to get this money for social programs from. To me, I think they should go, you know when they, you know what make them need less money? we we'll fucking end the war on drugs. But that's just me. Um, fucking, as far as AOC being like, we're tired, there's something... Every time somebody goes, I'm just tired, bitch, you're a public servant. Shut the fuck up. Imagine I came on this fucking podcast and I was like, I'm tired. I was tired when I came in here and I've been yelling for 40 minutes. Emphatically. I'm not just tired. I'm doing my fucking job, which is to yell into this fucking microphone until I finish these fucking beers. While wearing a cheesesteak hat. While wearing a cheesesteak hat. Look, I love that you're at work right now. Maybe if Biden was wearing a cheesesteak hat throughout the fucking thing, the fucking Pennsylvania wouldn't take it so goddamn long to come back. Yeah, you hear they're in the fucking Supreme Court right now? They are in the Supreme Court right now. Um, well, what was the fucking crazy shit in Michigan? The Michigan shit today. Did you see that? Was that the uh, our friend, the blonde? Yeah, I sent you the video. Uh, I'm a buddy of mine told me like on the way here, he's like, "Yeah, you're doing a podcast tonight." This is not what he sounds like. He's a Polish man. I don't know why I'm doing it as like an Italian guy. Hey, but yeah, this is a good. Do you see the fucking Giuliani blonde broad? And I go, what? And he goes, you see, you see the fucking thing today. The fucking some fucking. She looked like a drunk mess of a hua. <laughs> Again, Polish guy didn't sound like that at all. But um, this lady, uh, what is her name? Um, I have it pulled up here. Drunk woman. <laughs> drunk woman. Play yeah. Play this. Uh, the whole book is completely off. Completely off. Off that by 30,000? I'd say that poll book is off by over 100,000. That poll book? Why don't you look at the registered voters on there? How many registered voters are on there? Why does she have a Minnesota Did you, Do you accent? even know the answer to that? Because they're in Minnesota. Well, it's, my, no, it's Michigan. Zero. Oh, right. Zero. Is that the same place? They're zero. No. So my question then... Is if the guess how many? Wait, what about what about how what what about the turnout rate? Hold on, hundred and twenty. How bad is it? Giuliani is just being like, hey, you sound a little crazy <laughs> right now. Giuliani's just shuffling over to her, I'm like, uh, chill, 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 sweetie, sweetie. I thought you were gonna blow me after that interview on Borat, but like, I don't know how you got in here. <laughs> Yo, chill, 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 dude. Doesn't this chill, chill, chill. doesn't this lady kind of look like if Sarah Palin was transitioning into another lady? <laughs> like, it looks like a tran. Like if Sarah Palin was a woman who became a trans woman. No, dude, she does. She looks like she looks like Palin. If Palin went blonde and like committed to being a housewife, kind of. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, she got the I think, scarf on. I think that's the transition we're talking about, dude. Into motherhood. This I forget what this. Hold on, let me look it up. Um, but this lady, her fucking whole, sh- she got like outed immediately as she's been arrested for fucking some sort of computer fraud. For real? Yeah. Um, what was she frauding that computer out of? I don't know. Probably my social security number. Did she get that computer to sign up Melissa for a fake Co- only Her name is Melissa Carone. Look her up and see if she, see what she's been a cor- convicted of. Sure. First of all, Melissa Carone sounds like, 
She's just like, I'm not going to wear a fucking mask in the courtroom. I don't care if I have to wear a fucking mask in the court. Dude, it is so bad when Giuliani, the guy who literally has just been going around being like, yeah, whatever, we're allowed to lie. It's just like, bitch, you're fucking crazy. What the fuck? Like, imagine like... <laughs> Giuliani's witness draws audible laughter during testimony. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, hmm. All right. Well, that's the Washington Post article about what she's done. She was deemed non-credible, and then her, apparently her testimony was like, it, it just it's just fucking hilarious to me that Giuliani just, how did he, he just picked, he's just got a type. I feel like Borat must have just known he likes blondes with too much lipstick. Yeah. Solid. Uh, Carone, a contract worker for Dominion Voting Systems, appeared before a Michigan House panel on Wednesday, insisted without providing evidence that tens of thousands of votes have been counted twice. Um, those claims seem to amount to vague accusations of ballot recounting and poll tampering, apparently to the Republican-controlled House. Responding to the accusations that she saw ballot workers count a bash 30,000 votes multiple times, said we're not seeing the poll book off by 30,000 votes. Again, again, again. Um... So wait, she works for a voting machine company? Yeah. And she's just like, look, I fucking purposely broke the voting machines. So if you're not seeing voter fraud, there's a problem with you. I did it. It was a test. It was This is why you don't trust women. She was testing them, the mic, the whole time. <laughs> it's like when a girl sends one of her friends to try to blow you, and you have to resist... Because it's a test. That's what she did. I broke That's... all the Dominion voting machines. So if you're saying that they were right, you fucked up. You cheated in the fucking election. You're a cheater, all right? Wait, you're. this has happened to you? No, I've just heard of it happening. Hmm. I know dudes this. I, like, I'm not nearly Italian enough <laughs> for that to happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa Caron is Italian enough to do that shit, though. I'll tell you that right now. True. Fucking. <sighs> this is also why I fucking. Uh, yeah, so I I'm not seeing anything about her being guilty of any kind of fraud. Okay. I'm just seeing that uh sh her uh witnessing fraud was discredited. Like I said, I got on the way in. I made a stop. I had a I had to do a show, but before that, I made a stop on the way in. And my buddy was like, "Oh, podcasting tonight? Yeah, you see that fucking stupid blonde hammer?" He didn't say hammer. He was not even from. You ever hear that expression, hammer? Yeah, it's pretty sick. Just for, uh, just for me? Yeah. That's like a very South Brooklyn thing. If anybody doesn't know what a hammer is, that's a girl who's only good for banging. Sick. Fucking mad good at slang down there. Really nothing else. Slang and taking Oxycontin. That's, mm. that's what we're good at. <laughs> uh... But here's the thing. She's like what... Even like seeing this the lady. Man, all right, check it out. For example, there was this man who said that his evidence of fraud was that the room was too hot. Uh, here's Bill. I'm not sure what he's doing here. He doesn't seem positive either. He says the counting room was hot. He carried a thermometer that said 85 degrees. That's not that hot. <laughs> <laughs> 85 degrees. It's too hot in here. This is Michigan. It's got to be cold. We can't count. We can't count in the heat. Also, he was carrying it, I assume, in his hand, which for sure... I assume it wasn't... You, you, wait, do you think it was like an old school like mercury mouth thermometer yes. with a bubble? Yes. And he's like, look how hot it is! 
the red is under my finger lip. And that makes it hot. It means it's got to be at least it, the 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 highest number I can see is seventy nine. It's got to be eighty five in here at least. Mm-hmm. You think that that's what he was doing? Yes, I, I genuinely he had do think. Another type of just what room. kind of thermometer? They make a room thermometer for rooms that you nail onto a wall. And he was just carrying it by hand. That's also strange. They, I mean, are you looking up if they make room thermometers? They, they do. do. They clearly do. All right, you think this guy... Have you never been to an indoor pool in your entire life? <laughs> you think this guy was just walking around with one of these? No, I think it was probably one that did have mercury in it because it seems very old school. Yeah. It seems more likely. You're just like, it's hot in here! <laughs> it's 80... It's gotta be! It's gotta be! Oh my God, it's sweltering! <laughs> I'm counting... He's just sweating because he's he's frauding votes, <laughs> and, and his sweat's getting on his fingers. He's he's accidentally rubbing off the boxes. Oh no! It's too hot in here. He can't count any more votes. There's just sweat dripping off his brow because he's got so many votes stuffed into his pants. <laughs> There's sweat dripping onto the ballots. He's trying to count as real and just smudging the write-ins for my pal Vermin Supreme. That's the most likely scenario. Yeah. Vermin Supreme should have won Michigan. 100%. Yeah. It's shaped like a boot, kind of, right? You're thinking of Italy, Mike. No, I think I think Michigan. Oh, no. Michigan's shaped like a mitten. Yeah. It's the opposite of a boot. I mean, yeah. It's, it's totally a, the opposite a of a mitten. A mitten is a ham boot. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's an upper body boot. Um, but yeah, this lady is a uh, further proof that women shouldn't be in politics. In my opinion. Fair. Uh, they really shouldn't be out of the kitchen. I mean, I don't really even know if they should be in the kitchen. I mean, they, they could work. You got to earn. I just don't know if they... Bartenders? Fuck, fucking, uh, hell yeah, bartenders. I, I never fuck with female. If, if a bar... That's a pro tip. If a bar has a female bartender and she's hot and a male bartender, fucking go to that male bartender. They're pulling tips anyway. Give that dude 20 bucks. And he's going to serve you fast all night. Just be like, this is what I drink. Order that twice, hit him with a 20. Never look, even look at that bitch. Because if you hand that bitch a 20, she thinks you're trying to fuck her. You hand that dude a 20, he just knows you want your whiskey and fuck it. He just knows you want your whiskey with a beer back real quick. It's pretty smart. Yeah. But I'm worried because Biden, Joe Biden, has an all-woman's communications team. I don't know what a communications team is, Mike, and I'm going to need you to look that up for you, boy. Okay. Uh, but I assume they're just going to tell him that he doesn't communicate enough. Because anytime I hear the word communicate in my relationship, it is just that I don't do it enough or adequately. Uh-huh. And I'm pretty sure that my whole fucking job is communicating, Mike. It's what you do professionally. Are you wearing the cheesesteak hat in the house? Maybe she would understand you better. I'm wearing it on my dick in the house, Mike. <laughs> I'm just saying. I look. It's just, first of all, one of them got big titties. Go oh, to my yeah? go to my Twitter account uh, after you find out what a communication. Well, before you find oh, out what a communication. Which one do you want? You, you go to my Twitter account. Uh, there's I, somebody tweeted me a picture of one of these broads. Big old titties. I said that she's got to be on R2 Busty to hide. We talked about that last week, so I figured mm-hmm. we'd tie it in. But I'm just saying, I don't know what a communications team does. 
Uh, but I'm going to assume they're going to tell Joe Biden that he's emotionally unavailable, uh, that he he really doesn't make his needs known, even though I'm sure he doesn't really have any needs. He's an older gentleman. I mean, uh, I think if anybody's going to be tending to his needs, it's going to be this lady. I don't know what this lady's name is. Somebody sent me this. You're going to find that out for me in a minute, too. Um, but she's uh, she's all right. She's all right. Click some of these pictures. Let's I would. See. Oh, faux show. Just, Hell yeah. What? This lady is all right. Yeah, I mean, there is just... And I'll be honest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. Trump's been pu- putting up over-made-up blondes in front of us mm. for four fucking years. This chick's doing way more for me. I'll tell you this right now. Joe Biden is literally taking a lint roller to her chair just to sniff the lint roller. Mm. As soon as she gets up, every fuck Jennifer, is that Saki? Uh, Pisaki? She's some sort of Polish. Uh, yeah. Let's look up the pronunciation guide on that. Okay. Uh, what I will tell you, right? That's a if- press secretary? Is that the lady who comes out mm-hmm. and is just like... So she's just the wife who goes, look, Joe got a little drunk last night. <laughs> you know... He doesn't know him. He's not like that in the house. Saki. So it is Saki. Yeah. All right. But look, Joe. Look, look. What, here's you know my thing. You know how Joe can get. <laughs> he didn't mean what he said. You know, he says things like that to me all the time. But I love him. I love him. He's never in front of the kids. <laughs> yeah, he would never, never do that in front of the kids. The kids being the American people. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Here's my theory mm. Right Trump All them blondes Biden A little bit smarter Went redhead <laughs> Redhead Here's my thinking mm-hmm. He likes sniffing hair mm-hmm. What's the easier hair to spot Than a loose redhead hair You know what I mean yeah. Have her in the Oval Office Like I don't know Within three months He'll definitely have Enough We'll have enough of it scraped together. Yeah, just, just wadded together. Mm. You know, that's a weird thing that used to be uh, very commonplace, like a lock of hair. Yeah. People used to keep a lock of hair of dead relatives. They would make dolls out of human hair. Yeah. And then it was like celebrity locks of hair was like a big thing. For real? Yeah, like even in Elvis days. That's like relatively recent. I think it's mostly a male celebrity. That, like, you know, women are fucking crazy. They want like a piece of you. Mm. Like, men will, like, want to sign something, not even really. Like, I like art from an artist. Sure. But, like, I don't really, I don't even like taking photos with famous people like me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like. Bro. What? Oh, you're looking up hair dolls? No, most expensive lock of hair ever sold. Uh, Elvis Presley, 115 grand. There you go. I knew it was something. I knew it. And I bet a broad bought it. Probably. I'm not seeing here. I'll but. be honest, though. Women are notoriously cheap. A man bought that for a woman. Mm, fair. That's some real cuck shit right there. Yeah, I mean, this is crazy. Well, show me. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Here we go. So apparently, someone took the lock, right? And now they're just selling strands for between four and six grand. It literally just looks like... If I eat like a hostess cake in my house and then turn it upside down on the couch and a cat has been laying next to me, that's just what that card you showed me looks like. Like, Yeah, but it's certified from Elvis. Yeah, it's certified. 
I had a guy in a grocery store one time. This this has stuck with me since I was eight years old, right? Okay. Looked at me dead in the face while he was just bagging groceries, and he said, "Son, I gotta tell you, these are the eyes that look into the eyes that look into the eyes that look into Elvis's eyes." And it's something I've thought about at least once a week since I was seven. It was terrifying. Wait, these are the eyes that look into the eyes that were Elvis's eyes. No. These are the eyes that, that looked into the, the eyes, eyes that looked into the eyes of Elvis's eyes. This was uh, a stock boy? This was a man bagging groceries in his late 30s. And you were eight? Yeah. So this is 40 years ago. All right. I mean, that's not accurate at all. <laughs> 42 years ago, Mike. I just <laughs> You're a prick. Rounding. Um, so this was, you know, this was a, what, some time back. How can anybody still give that much of a fuck about Elvis back then? I, mean, I guess people still give a fuck about Elvis. It was the one and only time I saw him at my local grocery store for the entire time I was a kid. I assume this was a very mentally... I haven't thought about this until right this moment, right? Why he would do this. Uh, but I'm assuming he was a very mentally disabled person uh, who was trying to get a job bagging groceries and got fired relatively quickly for scaring small children like myself. Yep, that sounds about right. Because he said to the next guy, this is the guy with the <laughs> eyes who ate the eyes of the guy who looked into Elvis's eyes. And they were like, that's probably more accurate. You need to go, sir. <laughs> you are no longer welcome at this grocery store. You can't just eat the eyes of everybody who ever made eye contact with Elvis, sir. That's then, not the way grocery stores work. Then you'd be the only person who'd ever seen Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's Highlander rules. Um. What the fuck are we talking? Oh, the communications team. All ladies. Yeah. And one demented old coot. As the vice, as the president's voice and vision must be understood, the communications director ensures that all aspects of communications are covered to ensure that the administration's message has been delivered clearly and successfully. Yeah, because that's what women are known for, delivering clear messages. Yeah. Just saying exactly what they mean. Just exactly. They're just kind of just... No hint of subtext. Literally, literally every single day, they're going to get up in front of the podium, in front of the fucking press corps, and they're going to go, yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> what do you think it's not? Why would it not be fine? Why don't you tell me why it's not fine? What do you think? What do you think? Huh? <laughs> like, just going on CNN. Just going, look, I mean, look, uh, are you saying there's a problem? What, uh, what's the problem? We do not like this dress. It was fine when I wore it in front of your friends. It's not good for TV. I just, I'm, I'm just going. I mean, this is, this went from being a thing Seems where, oddly specific now. Yeah, I mean... You, you, we were doing a whole bit about what, what she could be doing. Sure, I gained a little weight in quarantine. <laughs> Whatever. What are you trying to say? No. I understand that your metabolism goes down in your late 30s. This Fuck. Is, this is still the White House communications director? Look, I'm just saying my <laughs> crash is popping. Look. <laughs> maybe, maybe you know, if, if we got some DDP yoga and did it together, America. Yeah, look, look. 
maybe we look. I don't. I don't see you trying to lose some baby weight. Who, who's the baby? Guam. Yes. I. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's the fucking. You know, that's the fucking baby leaving the attic. Guam, American Samoa. That's the baby you present. Uh, In the canning industry alone. No, I think I think Puerto Rico is the good oh, the yeah, the good yeah. kid. Puerto Rico is the fucking Puerto, no Puerto Rico's not the good kid. Puerto Rico of all the fucking US territories. Puerto Rico is the fucking one that everybody goes, "Look, Puerto Rico is killing it." Blah, blah, blah. But they're really the drug addict. They're the you know Hunter I mean? they're, Biden of the they're, No, United they're the kid. You you mm, you know that's pretty solid. you know this where it's like like they're the kid who's like Puts, puts it together for Thanksgiving, but the rest of the year is a mess sure. in the family. Whereas I feel like American Samoa, you know, they're really trying to go into the family business. They're fat. They're they they became the first fattest country in the world. Yeah, you know the number one fucking employer in American Samoa is Mike. Who's that? Starkist Tuna. That makes sense. That's a fucking solid American brand right there. Mm. Canning, a, a fishery, and a cannery? That is a trade. That's the guy who's getting shown up because every couple, every because every year, fucking Puerto Rico shows up, and it's like, yeah, I've made a reggaeton video. I'm real successful. It's the guy, it's the 23-year-old who's got a moving company, but it's really just like, you know, you're moving money around. It's essentially a Ponzi scheme to keep getting a couple bags of heroin. He's doing so well. You, you know, your cousin is just doing so well. Your cousin, Puerto Rico. You know, I, I, I get it. Look, there's nothing wrong with a fishery cannery. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what your father did. That's what his father did. But, you know, your cousin, Puerto Rico, I just... He comes through. Did you see? He had a Rolex the last time I saw him. This is what I'm saying. This is the difference. I think we start need to start giving a little more credit to a place like Guam, a little more credit to a place like American Samoa. Like we're not giving them enough. It's all Puerto Rico all the time. Don't we have some Virgin Islands? Yes, the U.S. Virgin Islands. Hey, what are they They're doing? The U.S. Incel Islands. They changed their <laughs> name to update for the modern era. I like it. Oh, the communications team is going to sink Biden. It's going to sink him. All women communication. It reminds me, my uncle Ben, when he got old, he lived with all women. And, like, you know, his grandsons were around, but they were like, ah, get the fuck out of here. It was like three of his daughters and his wife. And I was just like, I just watched this man who had fought a lot of amateur boxing fights, killed Nazis, and, like, was a damn fine chef. I'm not going to lie to you. Honestly, stood up to, like, the mob guys that my dad was buddies with, my dad was his younger brother. Neither my dad or my uncle were in the mob. My dad hung around a lot of mob guys. My uncle Benny would be like, fuck you to them. Like, if they even kind of got out of line. Like, he'd be like, I'll fight you. Let's go. Like, and fuck it. He just became 80. He became about Joe Biden's age. And he lived in this house. And I would go over there. And his grandkids were like, they were around him, but like they were kind of like doing their. And I would go over there. I was really close to my dad's brothers because it was like a weird thing. So his grandkids are my age, because right. he's my my dad who had me late. His older brother. Right. So for, for whatever reason, all of those brothers just loved me because they were like, "This is our young. This is our youngest nephew." 
You know what I mean? Like, right. it was like, this is our last nephew we're ever going to have. And then my brother came along, whatever. But, like, they were just like, we fuck with Chris. I, I worked in the, re- I was the only one that worked in the restaurant of all the kids my generation. And fucking, I would go over there and I'd sit with him, like, hey, Ben, how you doing? And he, he would just be like, all right. And then I would just watch these fucking women, like, force feed him vegetables. And he just, like, he just looked at me and he was like, he took my fucking keys away. I can't even go to the fucking golf course. And that's fucking Joe Biden with his communications team. Like, uh, they're not going to, like, they're going to be like, fucking- no, I guarantee you, this all-woman's communications team, he's going to be the president to golf the least. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, I don't know, dude. Oh, fucking- you're going to the golf course again, Joe? <laughs> Uh, didn't Trump have all fucking ladies delivering the news? He tried Scaramouche for like a week, and they were like, he was like, nah, that guy's a fucking asshole. Sean Spicer was Obama? I don't know. Me neither. I, who the fuck cares about these people? I could care less. Yeah, I it's think, I think, I think, Just yeah. somebody kind of pleasant to deliver bad news. Yeah. Really, all your job is, you're, you're filling no, your status the rest quo. Of the, there is the, there is the person every day. There's yeah. your Sean. What do the other three broads do? Well, I assume... Uh, Did they just go? Are you really gonna say that? You're gonna say that right now? You're gonna tell? You're you're gonna do it? You're telling them? Yeah, good. Mm. I feel like I'm being a little harsh on women. Am I being a little too harsh on no, women? No, you're right. Um, I just don't. I don't know. I don't understand this this uh, this whole thing. But I do know that fucking Bruce Jenner went from being uh, you know, fucking Caitlyn, Olympic gold medalist, to being Caitlyn when to surrounded being, oh, by that on. many women. To being the Woman of the year? Sure. Fucking champion. You can't spend that much time around that many fucking broads without going crazy. It's true. I try to spend as little time around broads as possible at this point. As an older man, I think as you get older, you need less. I used to love being around chicks when I was younger. I still love being around chicks. Not exclusively. Huh? Just not exclusively. Yeah, that's a. it's, it's like a weird thing. It's like. I think it's weird. I got buddies who always bring their girl around, and I'm just like, we're not friends anymore. You you understand that, like, if I never see you without your girlfriend, we're not really friends. We're cousins. Right. Like, you, you, you know what I mean? Like, if I never see you without your chick, you're a, a relative and an obligation once a year for your birthday, I guess. Because I don't have birthday parties. I ain't a bitch. Sure. Like, it's like, it's, it's a weird thing. Yeah, like, it's like, you need... Men, in order to have relationships with other men, need to not be around their girlfriends. Okay. Right? Yeah, they, they have to. Like, you just, you're, you're, I don't know, dude, it's like that fucking Kim Peel sketch where it's like, I say a bit, but they gotta, like, whisper and shit, because, like, that's not how fucking dudes communicate. Dude. Like, we just need, yeah, we gotta be boisterous, hit each other in the balls, and then fucking come up with hypotheticals. Fucking just, yeah, just yell and fucking, yeah, it's, it, that's the thing, is like, and like, you ever have you ever talked to a woman about the fact that men act differently with other men? Um, and then they do some. I've sh- never had that conversation because any person who I've spoken to, right, has a brain. You know what I mean? Like, I no, no. Like, here's the thing: it's usually a woman that wants to try to like force you into a conversation where you like. She's like, well, why would you act differently around this person? It's like. They're a different person. Yeah. That's all. But, like, he's like, you don't think that's, like, kind of fake? And he's like, no. Like, you never really like a chick who's just, like, 
She's like, so you're just like faking when you're with me? This is like a fake. He's like, no, I'm like entertaining you because we're hanging out. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I've- Now shut up and swallow this goof. No, like that whole concept of code switching. It's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm talking to the- Somebody accused you of code switching on this show. Oh, on really? On Reddit. Somebody uh, posted a thread and they asked, why do you speak so black on this show? Really? Yeah. I don't think you speak that black on the show. I think we do a little bantering. Maybe it gets a little, gets a little urban. No, so I talk, here's the thing, specifically with you, mm-hmm. right, I tend to talk dumb guy. You know what I mean? That's, it's not. That's very flattering of you, Mike. Thank you. No, 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 no. <laughs> because that's how you fucking, that's because it's like, yo, you that's don't. That's the theme of the show. Yeah, you don't need a whole lot of fucking words to get your, fu- your point across. I got you. You know what I mean? I just thought I'd give you a chance to address your detractors on the air. I don't know. I mean, if you we think we spent 18 minutes talking about my detractors, it's true. I don't know. I guess if you think that if you think that cadence is black people talk, then you're racist because I'm just talking, uh, what like fucking dumb. <laughs> I consider it my dumb guy voice because I'm dumb, and it's how I, I am my totally brain works. not talking because I'm Jimmy the Greek. Right <laughs> Literally, I just want to. You're a real prick. You know that. <laughs> I fucking know. I stand by what I said, right? I talk dumb guy. If you think that sounds like a black guy, look in the mirror. I'm pretty sure it's a black guy that posted it. Cool. Um, nah, actually, no. Again, I, don't think it was. I stand by whatever. I stand by what I said. I don't think. I don't think I'm talking. I mean, what I will tell you though, I do think there is something to the concept of code switching, where it's like I'm trying to talk to whoever I'm talking to, right? Part of the. I don't know. I'm a natural salesman, right? So, like, part of my communication skills is like, let me figure out this guy's language so I can speak to him most effectively. Yeah, I don't even think it's conscious. It's not. Not even a little bit. Yeah, it's just I'm how sure, I'm sure there's science behind it. Yeah. In some way. I mean, like, I bet if you looked it up, there would be something. But like, uh, yeah. I mean, look, I, I did a lot of work to. G- I had. I I think you're the first person to point out that I have a New York accent to me in years. For real? A lot of people say I don't have a New York accent, and I'm like, well, I worked on it. It used to be. If you go and listen to, there's an episode of the Lost Tapes on Gas Digital for High Society Radio where me and Johnny go over our MySpace highlight clips from years ago. And the amount of stupid Brooklyn I sound... And it's just because I was nervous, so it comes out more when you're nervous. I'm just not nervous talking to a mic anymore. Right. So it's not going to come out, but like that part of me comes out when I'm very drunk or very nervous. Yeah, I was going to say it also. That was the other thing I was going to say. Like, I, I, I noticed it in you because I've been around you when you've had 15 beers. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So most of the day. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure. Like I said, I, I'd imagine there's. I, I would even venture to guess there's some sort of evolutionary reason why people would do that. Like, if you get stuck in a amongst another tribe, mm. you probably just try to, like, unga-bunga. Uh, the way they unga-bunga. <laughs> to, to use your vernacular, if you think that's racist, <laughs> that's your problem. Because, in my mind, cavemen are white because of the 80s. It's fair. Encino Man was white. And them Geico commercials. And them Geico commercials. And uh, remember that show Crow? The cartoon Crow, where that kid had a mastodon as a pet? No. And then the mastodon had got stuck in a tar? 
and then they thawed out the Mastodon from the tar or whatever's, and then he told the modern people the story of Crow, who was a caveman and definitely a white guy. Hmm. Also, don't cavemen in cartoons always kind of, they're like a reddish color? Yeah. They're not tan. They're not like Puerto Ricans. Like, they're not, they're not like Indians. Like, they don't like, they're just like a weird reddish hue. Yeah, I feel like it's, uh, it's from Snuffleupagus. Mm. Know what I mean? He was, uh, he's kind of reddish, isn't he? Yeah, but he's an elephant. Yeah. This is crook. That's just a big mastodon. Or a, fu- uh, uh, a current day mastodon. This is crook. This was not a good show. Oh, I see what you're saying. I literally don't recommend that the children. That's a little snuffleupagusy. Yeah, it's very snuffleupagusy. Yeah. I think that's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Don't watch Crow. It was a bad show. I, and it clearly taught me some wrong things. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's saying here our lizard brains take over the most common examples. Code switching were completely inadvertent. Folks would slip in a different language or accent without even realizing or intending it. One such story, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so it was just like this, this uh, whole fucking. Uh, NPR blog about race is mm-hmm. like the five biggest reasons why we do it and their number one thing is your lizard brain just takes over. Your lizard so they're calling black people lizards? I mean because I mean that's, that's NPR. That's the most, I'm just going to say this right like that's the most common code switch right? What? White to black. Yeah for sure. Yeah right? But also the inverse Black to white. But yeah. that, all right. So this is the one case that I will give. You know, I'll never go really run with the you can't be racist towards white people thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but, but the, the voice thing is the one time I will give credence to it is black people adapting to society and not like some weird, like almost like insidious thing. Whereas like with white people, it's almost like a... It's always going to come off vaguely racist when white people code switch, right? When okay. black people do it, I mean, when they, you know, when they, so a black guy drive a car like this, and a white guy drive, like, obviously, like, if you're intentionally doing the thing, it, you know, but, like, I think when it just happens in life, I think that's just... A, assimilation to whatever society is, and when you're intentionally doing it for, like, the sake of a phone call, like, I I kind of, that's the one place where I'm kind of just like, yeah, they're doing it to, like, better themselves and not in some sort of, because, like, a lot of white people that code switch, like, heavy, no, but it's I'm, incredibly patronizing. Right. Like, you've but, seen it happen, you've seen it happen in the way where it's not okay. Okay, but I do. Here's my problem, right? I get accused of code switching when I say shit like it's dope, but I say that. Yeah, but there's also all the time. Hold on, can I throw this out there? There's also a certain amount of white guys that think that I want to be black because I wear baseball caps. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, you you understand what I mean? Like, I've been accused of being a wigger a lot, whereas, like, I think you really need to be consciously changing the affect of your voice at so, on some Man, level. what you talking about? No, like, so I'll give an example. There was a kid I knew when I was younger. He's actually good. He was closer friends with Dave. I don't want to even fucking own this guy. But, uh, and I I'm sorry. I hope you're not owning anyone. Huh? <laughs> he said, I hope you're not owning anyone. He's white. It's fine. <laughs> um, 
I'm taking the power back, Mike. Um, but uh, this kid was on. He, he like when I met him, and he's a guy who's like it's really funny. He like tries to be woke on the internet, and I got into it with him once over the. There was an app called Bodega that came out. Yeah. Some you remember the app? Yeah, it was gonna. It was like the little cat logo. It was yeah. gonna take the place of your local bodega. In, but it was like it was it was like not for cities. It was for places that didn't have this. And like it was like an amenity for buildings. It was a startup. It just wanted to catch. And he was like, "This is racist and blah 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 blah." I'm like, "Dog, I know he's a hip hop show producer. He he has the ins and venues. He's a white guy. He's a Polish gentleman. Uh, has the ins and venues around New York." And he's like, ah, oh, da, da, da. He's like, these guys is racist. They taken. And I'm like, dog, like, we're getting into it. I was like, yo, these guys are just like making some money. He's like, yo, why are you protecting like white tech bros? I was like, the guy who founded this company is Indian. Like, bodega cats are a, a meme at this point. Like, this is ridiculous. He was like, blah, blah. I, I finally just was like, dog, like, if you really want my opinion, like, it's like, when I met you, you aff- you're a fucking Polish dude from Brooklyn. You had an affect of a southern black man. Like an Atlanta ATL black man, and you were a rapper. Now, you fucking promote... You don't even promote hip-hop shows. You're a go-between. Black guys I know that work with you complain about the cut they get every time they have to work with you to be a go-between to a club for them to fucking put on shows. Like, he's like, you're a fucking vulture. And it's like, and on top of all that, like, fucking, just, it, it's just, a, the like, how do you not see that that's the racist thing? The way, what I was getting at is, like, he was on the show, this is how much he was trying to be black. That the, that there were producers from MTV that decided they were going to shit on this dude. Have I told this story? No, but please, God, tell me he was a contestant on the next white rapper show on VH1. No, this is actually almost funnier. I did meet John Brown once, and I called him a pussy. Um, Dog. You're talking about uh, the ghetto revivals, John Brown? I think it was that guy. It was one of the guys from that show. I was I was hammered. Somebody just told me it was that guy. Maybe. Wasn't, wasn't that his fucking gimmick, the ghetto revival? The ghetto revival. Oh, God, I love that show so much. I was so in much. some bar... Maybe somebody just told me it was him, and I just got drunk. It was like, fuck you. And your hat. Did he have a hat? You know he had a whack hat on. There's no way John Brown's going to be around in a bar and not have a whack hat on. He's going have a better hat game than me. Uh, but fucking this other kid, he was on Next. Yes. You remember the show Next? The plot of the show Next was uh, you'd be on a bus with five, five other or four other dudes. Yeah, I think Shannon was on this show. Was she? Either that or Eliminate. I think she was on Eliminate. Okay. Uh, you'd be on a bus with five other dudes, and there would be a chick, and she would call. She would say next, and then the next guy would get off the bus. So the whole, it was him, this one white guy, and five black dudes. And this white chick gets up, and she goes, "I like him tall, dark, and handsome." And when I say dark. I mean dark. <laughs> and it clearly was they were you're such a fucking dick that they're gonna make you the butt of this joke. Oh, that's so fun. Right? Remember when MTV was fun? And so 
He was the third guy. Oh no! Off the bus. Oh. So he goes. To, she goes next, and he goes to get off. He, dude. I'll tell you this. This is how fucking scummy some of my boys are. My boy that sold bootleg DVDs in the neighborhood ripped that and put it as the bonus features on every bootleg DVD he sold for fucking months. He was the bootleg guy, and when you would go to click a movie, it was fucking the movie that you paid him $3 for and the fucking clip from fucking next of this other kid, and you could scroll down on your fucking DVD and click that. He literally grabbed... God, that's incredible dog, trolling. He, he literally grabbed the mirror of the bus, didn't set foot on the ground, and this bitch was like, next! <laughs> and that uh, motherfucker didn't like the bodega app. Yeah, my question is... So, like, what made Next fun is that if she liked the guy, she could start going on a date with him, and at any point, the date sucks, she would just say next, and they would go back to the bus. So, had she just nexted the first two guys, or was there a date that happened? No, no, no. She, like, gave them a chance, and then was just like, next. She gave both of them a chance? Yeah. Oh, that's delightful. And then he goes to come out. Next! Oh. He would, like, literally, they found... I I would love to know the structuring of the show where they found if they found him and then her or her and then just they were like well we've got the angle for this episode like <laughs> this is going to be at least somebody's going to talk about it on a podcast in 20 years <laughs> uh, all right moving on mike play my moving on music We talked about the auto, what was the Staten Island Autonomous Zone? The Staten Island Auto Zone. Thank the you. Staten Island Auto yeah. Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been, <laughs> there's been some movement. So last week, if you didn't know, uh, a guy declared his restaurant, I believe it's called Grant's Tavern, some uh, Staten Island Autonomous Zone. Love it. Which was supposed to be like the, uh, which is funny because they were the, uh, what, what were they? They were the Chad. What was it? What was the Chaz? Chaz. What was that? The and uh, Chop. Well, then they were shot. But when they were the autonomous zone, it was the cent Central Hill Autonomous Zone. Yes, Center Hill Autonomous Zone. So for Staten Island, it would be Stap. Staten Island St. Stap. Instead of chop, I'm just combining all these things. I love it. Stap. Um, but there's been there's been some updates. Uh, can you play the video that I sent you earlier? I found that other chick's uh, social media, by the way. Look at that after. Which other chick? The uh, the drunk broad from right. Michigan. <laughs> found her Facebook. Oh, word? Can you add me as a friend? Yeah. Fucking sheriff's department, okay? This tiny little place trying to make a fucking living, okay? 350 people on an airplane, thousands of planes, okay? This close to each other. Costco's open, Home Depot, people lined up, backed up with each other. This guy can't open his fucking business. It's shame on you fucking people. Shame on everybody for letting this fucking happen. There should be a thousand people out here right now when they're getting fucking raided by the goddamn Gestapo. Tomorrow is Wednesday at 6 o'clock p.m. I want this fucking street shut down with 10,000 fucking people. Because if we don't show up and show fucking face, we're going to lose this whole fucking battle. Disgusting. You should all be fucking disgusted with yourselves. If they fear you, they won't fuck with you. You understand what I'm saying? 
Get the fuck out here tomorrow night, Wednesday. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, in front of Max Public House. This is disgusting. All right, pause that. Uh, so the next night, the owner of Max Public House was arrested. <laughs> For what? Uh, apparently, just completely violating all of the COVID orders. This is what I, this is my, my whole point with this whole thing is like that guy was on. Did we talk about the fact that he had to close the bar to be on Tucker? No, we didn't. That hadn't happened yet. So on Monday, he had to close the bar to be on Tucker Carlson. You pull up that if you can find that, uh, I'll watch a clip of it. I didn't watch it, um, but he closed the bar and like apparently there was a there was another article written about that people were banging on the door like we're just trying can we just slide some money under the door like we wanted to support this guy that much for defying these COVID orders, which I think is ridiculous. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't get if you're just going to commit crimes, that guy didn't want to commit crimes, right? He wanted to be a criminal. What do you mean? Like, he wanted to act like a criminal. Like, he really didn't want to run his business. He wants to be shut down and get some of that GoFundMe juice. Mm. That motherfucker doesn't want to run his bar anymore. Or he would just run, He would just put paper over his bar and let his fucking drunk regulars that paid the bills in anyway. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to look for this fucking interview, but it seems like all Tucker Carlson's been doing is interviewing bar owners who say they're going to stay open. Uh, this one's from November 13th, 2020. So This is a random one. I mean, it says he's going to uh, speaks out on Cuomo's latest. So Okay. Maybe. I mean, I'll just watch this. I don't think it's the guy, but... I don't know, maybe. Since March, more than 1,000 restaurants have closed in New York City, not because people stopped eating, but because the city and state... Oh, you got him, Tuck! It's so you good f- to be on the show again. This guy? Thank yeah, that's not the Staten Island guy. Uh, this Tucker gay guy with this <laughs> kerchief? Okay, fair enough. All right. Woo, woo. You I know, fucking hate it, dude. I, I really put over your producing earlier. All right, let's take it easy with that. Uh, what I will tell you is that it's fucking... I agree with this fucking guy. You know what I mean? Because the guy sit, the guy's standing outside mm-hmm. who's making the point about every other business being able to be open. That's fine. Right, who's making points about airplanes being able to travel despite social distancing literally being impossible and flights actually selling out now. Yeah, that is true. You were on a sold-out flight. More or less, or, yeah. More or less, yeah. Um, yeah, he's not He's not wrong. No. The difference is that the airlines are governed by the federal government, and these are all local principalities. Right. But the issue I have They're with that, all looking at vanity numbers. I was arguing with somebody today. A friend of mine hit me up, and they go, do you think COVID is bad as it is in March? That's what like all the headlines are saying. And I took screenshots from New York NYC.gov, which I will always do. And I go, I go, well, here's um, the cases from this week and last week. It's about the same amount of cases that are getting popped, right? You're, from March. No, no, no. This week and last week. Oh, really? Yeah, just this week and last week. Because now they're saying that the infection rate is, is higher than it was last week. It's 5%. And it was 3% last week. Yeah. Okay. Then I go, okay, now let's look at the amount of tests done. Because the amount of tests on a daily basis, literally the day Thanksgiving hit, went from fucking 60,000 to 40,000. Yeah. So that just uh, goes to tell you that 20,000 people less a day that are asymptomatic are not getting tested because they're not going to see elderly relatives. Those people weren't, most of the people, I got tested the week before Thanksgiving because I was seeing two infirmed relatives. We talked about it on the show, right? Um, 
the reason I got tested, I wasn't, I had no symptoms. I had not been near anybody that had COVID, as far as I know. And I went and got tested. That's a negative. That's going to keep the percentage down. You get what I mean? Like right. the percentage, it's the same amount of cases, but the, they're reporting the percentage number being higher. But that's because a bunch of people that were asymptomatic and had no reason to get tested went and got tested. Okay. So, mm. <clears throat> it's the same amount of cases. It's just the people who are getting right. popped for having COVID have symptoms mostly. Okay, it's the the issue I have, right, is the you can only yeah, I mean realistically, that means that we should all every morning just take a rapid test. That would be great if it was possible. Yeah. I wish we could. Mm. We can't. No, but it's like, okay, so that tells me that this fucking 5%, 3%, 2% number never meant anything. If nobody went to get tested, those numbers don't exist. Yeah, if literally no one got tested tomorrow, the infection rate in New York City would be zero. Now, I'm not saying people should obviously be getting tested. Well, I think, I think people should... Mike... You didn't have COVID after being on a sold two sold out flights and fighting on a river. Yeah. If you're not getting COVID fighting a bum fight, <laughs> like how like that's like if you if you left Pluto's retreat and fucked a man in the butt and didn't have AIDS, that's a fucking W. I would believe it was a conspiracy and fake too. That's all I'm saying. All right. Here's a, here's a weird thing, COVID thing, just a COVID thing. I have a buddy who's a very liberal guy, uh, same guy I was talking about listening to the show last week. He hit me up. He goes, he goes, can you believe I'm being called, because I am anti-vax, no, not, he's not anti-vax, he's like, because I'm weary of the vaccine, I don't want to take the first one. Now, would you take the first vaccine that comes out? Uh, God, no. I am fine with taking the first one right off the line. Just shoot it into my fucking eyeball. I don't give a... Are you kidding me? Mike, I'll tell you this right now. mRNA vaccines don't differ that much vaccine to vaccine. I think that the fucking science is there. I'm fucking fine with it. I really... I'll tell you this right now. I fucking understand. But here's the thing. I understand why anybody would be weary of it. And I'm fine with that. I don't think that makes you an anti-vaxxer. Hmm. You understand what I mean? This yes. kid's being called an anti-vaxxer. Like, that's fucking... First of all, anti-vaxxer is a very specific thing. It's a group of fucking retards that think that their kids are retarded, not because of their shitty genetics, but because of vaccines. Right? That's what anti-vaxxers are. It's a very specific thing that you think that the amount of vaccines that go into a child under the age of three causes them to get fucking all dumb in the head. That's what anti-vaxxers started. Now, here's the thing. It did start as a left thing. It's become a right thing. It's become a right thing? Yeah. What are you, what are you doing? I'm, I just got a, I got a FaceTime I had to answer, Bubba. Wait, are you? I'm on the air, yeah. Who is that? Uh, two very attractive 23-year-olds. Hi. <laughs> had to answer it, Bubba. I can edit this out if you need me to. No, we can leave this in. Can you hang up? All right. Uh, I'll hit you ladies up in like 20. Who was that? Life, life's been good since I won that fight. Is that? 
Somebody, have I met those people? No. You sure? Yes. All right. Um. All right, Mike. Jesus, can't, I'm, I, I can't make you cut that out. <laughs> what the fuck was I so anti-vaxxing? Yeah. This guy is now an anti-vax. Like he's be, being accused of being an anti-vaxer. And I think it's just a ridiculous thing. That was the thing that started on the left wing, moved to the right wing, because, you know, obviously shit trickles downhill. It was just like the poorest people are now anti-vaxxers. But like that, like Jenny McCarthy wasn't some right wing crackpot. Neither was fucking Jim Carrey, right? Like it's like the anti-vax thing started over there. And now they're just like, you're an anti-vax. Like it's just like. Dog, anti-vaxxing start. These are like these are like I'm saying like a very liberal enclave of people. You know what I mean? For them to be calling him an anti-vaxxer because he's just like, yeah, kind of just don't trust the fact that big pharma pushed this thing through. Like you know what I mean? Like he's like, I just like I'm a little. I don't want to die. And they're just like that, that makes you like an ant. I hate that these words exist to like codify you a thing. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, that doesn't make you an anti- Like, you just said you, you're you not an anti-vaxxer. You don't think vaccines cause autism, do you? No, but I do. I am As a- an autistic person, <laughs> you'd be able to figure it out. Um, No, but I wouldn't. Uh, I don't get a flu vaccine every year. You know what I mean? I just don't. It's just not my thing. That's because you're lazy. No, it's because I don't. Because I, I, I never get a flu vaccine either. Yeah, I just That's feel- for the fucking week. I'm going to tell you that right now. You can see. You can- you can bring me to court when you die of the flu. flu. Flu shots are for the fucking weak. If you think you need a fucking flu shot, you're fucking an idiot. You don't need a flu shot. You know what you need? Fucking existence and being a fucking dude, bro. You know what I'm saying? You don't need sure. a fucking flu vaccine. Fucking Harrington was homeless and didn't get a flu vaccine. No, dude. That was just as free at Rite Aid. That would just have been an excuse to get out of the cold. But Harrington was like, nah, I'm going to tough this one out. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just fucking lifting and some vitamin C. Be fine. Bong. Right? Hell yeah, that's a double point. This is a bong bong. Bong bong. Look. All I'm saying is like these guys are being called this guy, like my buddy, is being called an anti-vaxxer. It's just like this was the whole left thing is to be fucking weary of corporate power. That's big for like I said it to you. I think I said it to you the most basic way I ever said it was I can't believe that every Democrat in the world is waiting for big pharma to say they can go out and have a fucking beer again. It's it's very annoying, but like there is a thing, right? Astra uh, Astravena is one of them. Maybe? AstraZeneca. Yeah, they already put out shit where it's like, yeah, you can't sue us if twenty years down the line you can't have a kid. They're already on record. Like, they, if you take that vaccine, uh-huh. they like because it got fast tracked through the FDA trials, uh-huh. you can't sue them. Okay. So it's like I look at that shit. It's like I don't know. I if, when I hear the name AstraZeneca, it's like that sounds a little like thalidomide or any I other thought, fucking. When you said that in the beginning, I thought it was the sequel to Ad Astra. That movie with Matt was that Matt Damon and he was shooting guns on a moon or whatever. Yeah, that was it. Was it Matt Damon? Yeah. That's not AstraZeneca. That's not the sequel to Ad Astra. <laughs> No, that was the one where he was uh, he was on Mars, remember? And he had to like poop oh, and make potatoes. Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt was at Astra. Okay, but he was shooting he was shooting guns in the Mars rover. Yeah, I gotta watch that movie. That shit looks fast. Right. It was all right. I mean, seems kind of tough. Shoot guns in the Mars rover. That shit is hot. 
pretty dope. That's way better than a 70% effective vaccine. They've actually said that their vaccine. So the thing about their vaccine is it doesn't need to be in the cold, but it's 90% effective. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but wait, what's the one? The cold one's 90% effective? There's two cold ones that are 90% effective. That's the, the, the Moderna and uh, uh, Pfizer. But they got to be super cold. And then when you thaw them, they can, they're only good for six hours. Okay, but but they're 90% effective. But that Ad Astra, right? That Ad Astra shit, that fucking moon, that fucking Mars gun shit, that, that Mars gunplay shit. If, you, if you're trying to do gunplay on the moon, that shit, yeah, all right, you can't sue them if your kids get born with flippers or whatever. But you can shoot guns on the moon or whatever. Like, that's pretty good, Mike. Like the moon raker? Hell yeah, bro. To have lasers on the moon? Look at that. You can't even... Even jumping won't get you over it. That was the moon ranking? No, that was the moon and ice. Uh-huh. I'm just saying, look, look, Ad Astra. I'm just saying, I'll take the Pfizer shit. I'm fucking with that. You know why? Because I took a Viagra once. My dick got hard. I fucking trust that shit. 90% effective. It's the cold one. That's that cold shit. Maybe, maybe that's it. It's like, the maybe, remember them Coors Light cans? Oh, yeah, it's got to be. It's gotta, <laughs> yo, if the mountains ain't blue on your vaccine, we can't fucks with it, kid. Like... <laughs> Like if the mountains Dude you better put some blue mountains On your AstraZeneca fucking Whole shit mm. Alright we gotta get the fuck out Oh act, no we gotta talk about Can we talk about one more thing Or do you need to go Cause you got some ladies We can talk about this next week What is it The Adolf Hitler thing I mean come on We can't We, we can't. gotta talk about the Adolf Hitler These hoes can wait Alright so you need to bring up This article for me About Adolf Hitler So apparently There's a guy in uh, I'm gonna say Nabibia Is that How do you pronounce Nabibia Uh yeah uh, look, I figured out Azerbaijan. Nope. Azerbaijan. Nope. Azerbaijan. There you go. Azerbaijan. What's I got You know what it is? The only way I can say it right is if I say it like an Italian guy saying paisan. If I say Azerbaijan, I can always get it right, but I can never just say it. Um. So there's a local politician in Namibia named Adolf Hitler mm-hmm. who won a local election. Pull up the Post article. That's the one I read. Uh, By a landslide. Now, when he was asked about his name, he didn't mention anything about genocide or anything else. He goes, he said, uh, first of all, he said, as a child, I saw it as a totally normal name. Somebody needs to get the people of Africa some books. We're doing too many mosquito nets not enough books. Sure. Um, but he also said, I am not for world domination. And I'm just thinking, has nobody really told you any of the Hitler things? Like, or did you run on Jew extermination, just not world domination? <laughs> uh, I will not subjugate the world. I will eliminate it of the Jews. Look, I'm just saying we got a rat problem in Africa in the diamond mines, if you know what I'm saying. Take that as you will. Namibia, what's up? Namibia? Namibia? Namibia. Now, their main export is video cards, correct? I would assume so. Yeah, okay. Uh, But also this dude, my whole thing was, I, I fucking tweeted this, but how the fuck do you not just as the opponent to Adolf Hitler in a country that speaks English, go, 
Adolf Hitler, more like Gadolf Schittler. Because <laughs> I don't know if they got that in Namibian language, which I'm not even going to attempt. Well, portmanteaus? Sure. Um... I'm just saying, I think, because they hate gay people. We we discussed that in an earlier episode. Africa is not fond of the gays. I'm just saying, you throw a couple Gadolf Schittlers out there, all of a sudden Adolf Hitler is fucking losing this election. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, if he's, uh, if he's Gadolf and he's hanging out in Schittlers. Dude, I think, imagine having the gall to run for office anywhere. This is, he ran for a low... I can't even say the name of the country, Mike. I guarantee a bunch of people are just being like, that's probably just like a city in another country in Africa, and Chris is an idiot. No, it's a country. We looked it up before the show because Frank said that outside in the lounge. Yeah. Like, so we know that that's a country. Namibia. Namibia? Namibia. Namibia. I'd kind of liked it better when you were saying Namibia. Doesn't it sound like... The black chick that Kermit fucks when he's not fucking Miss Piggy, Namibia. It would be like the black frog. Sure. Right? I mean, of his species, you could sure. see that. Yeah, yeah, no, she would be of his. I'm not. Come on now. With, all right, so if a Muppet fucks a different color of the same Muppet species... Is that more or less miscegenation than fucking another species but the same color? Uh, I think in like the the you know the PEMDAS like order of operations uh, status, I think species and co- species and color. Yeah. All right. Well, shout out to Adolf Hitler. Hell yeah, dude! And shout out shout out to Gadolf Schittler. <laughs> Yo, Gadolf Schittler's gonna kill it. Mm-hmm. Um. This is uh, Ben Notes. We're going to stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned for the upcoming interview with my buddy Dork. You know, if, you, if you've ever been interested in why the hell anybody would want to write on a wall, we kind of cover all of the aspects of it. We, cover, we actually cover some corporatization of graffiti and all that kind of shit. It's kind of great. And obviously, if you love graffiti, you know what you got to do, right, Mike? You got to head to our Vinyl, friends. Yeah, good friends at VinylGraph.com. That's V-I-N-Y-L-G-R-A-F-F.com. Perfect gift for the holiday season is a custom graffiti decal that's reusable. You take it down, you can put it back up, do whatever you need to do. Vinylgraph.com. That's V I N Y L G R A F F.com. Use the promo code Chris1. I was going to say, I mean, the holidays are coming up. What do, you, what do people get when they use that promo code at vinylgraph.com? Dude, they're going to get 10% off. That's a sweet discount. I mean, you were paying. A hundred for something. Now, now you're paying. 90. Damn. That's a lot less. That's the spirit of giving. If you were going to pay 150. Here's the thing. It's like every year you're like looking for a unique, you're, you're, you're looking for a unique gift for your family. What's more unique than custom graffiti? Nothing. It's custom, you fucking idiots. Custom. That means unique. V-I-N-Y-L-G-R-A-F-F dot com. Use the promo code Chris1. You get 10% off your order. They are our friends. They are good friends. They've been the sponsor since day one. They support this show. They help me pay Mike. It's true. They help make it all happen. You think you're going to get comedy gold like Gadolf Schiller? <laughs> you think we're going to find people who 
Vinylgraph.com. You think I we're going to get drinking... back at again without the help of Vinylgraph? I have been drinking for two. I was drinking. I never drink before I get here to do that. I was drinking before this. I told you the stupid thing with the fucking. I hosted a comedy show before this. And they brought me up. The producer of the show brought me up as Chris Faga. Because my last name has the word F-A-G in it. And it's just like. Why, why would you. Why would now I have to say the word fag have in front to. of this audience because I have to address that you just called me a fag, right? In front of an audience who got Doesn't uncomfortable, know, got uncomfortable at a black guy talking about Biden. Yes, that was much later. Yes, it was the same show. No, same. but I'm saying like that's the that's the audience we know you're going into. Now you have to say fag in front of them. Yeah, great job. Yeah, up top, like, and it's just cold like, people. And I literally go, yeah, and they were outside in the cold. It was outside. And so I had to cold go room. with my standard, whenever somebody mispronounces my name because they're a bad person, uh, yeah, that's what every CEO has ever said because it's actually true. This actually happened to me once in Central Bookings. So I literally, the first time I was in Central Bookings, somebody picked up my name on a file and goes, which one to use is Fag A? Fag A. And I was, I had to look around and be like, that's got to be me. I mean, you're definitely not fag B. I mean, that's, that's, that's the great old man joke. You know that joke, right? No. What did the Puerto Rican firefighter name his two children's? Jose and Jose B. Stay tuned for the interview. This has been Notes of a Goon. I'm your host, Chris from Brooklyn. Follow me at Chris from B-K-L-Y-N. Follow Mike at the M Harrington on both Instagram and Twitter. And just go leave us a five-star review on the fucking internet. We haven't gotten a review in a couple weeks. I know motherfuckers is listening. Just click that review button, dog. Leave us leave some stars. Say some shit. Just you can call me a fucking bitch. How I many say, stars? Leave how many stars you want. I prefer five, but leave one. I don't give a shit. And just be like, Chris is gay or whatever. Shut up, fag, A, whatever you want to say. Um, fucking, go ahead, go do that. Notes of Goon. Stay tuned for the interview. My buddy Dork, very interesting. Have fun. You got to say goodnight. You always say goodnight. It's your sign-off. Huh? You got to say goodnight. Goodnight. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to a good buddy of mine. We've been friends. How long have we been friends? Oh, well over 20 years. Yeah, at this point, um, right? Yeah. yeah. You're out in uh, late, uh, late, late 90s. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Late. You're a late '90s kind of dude, always. Um, you know, we got inside jokes about that. Yeah, I'm talking to uh, I'm talking to my buddy. I'm talking to my buddy Dork, who is a graffiti writer. Not like, all right. So this is a weird thing. I reached out to you to talk about this because I could have reached out to uh, the, the the fine people over at Vinylgraph. I don't know if you know the fine people over at Vinylgraph.com, but they sponsor this podcast, and you can use the promo code Chris One for ten percent off your next purchase at vinylgraph.com. I could have reached out to those guys, uh, but I, I decided to reach out to you because I think you know all of the facets of the graffiti world a little personally, even though like you weren't as compulsive with it as other people, right? Right. I mean, you could say I was a little less compulsive with it, but I mean, it was definitely, uh, it definitely became a lifestyle. It's a weird thing, right? Because uh, there's something that most, so most people that are listening to this probably have never done graffiti. Some people probably think it's a nuisance. Some people just think it's cool. But like, it is a weird thing. All the graffiti writers I've met, mostly, most of them through you, right? right. Over the last 20 years or so, um, just had this weird, even guys who were like, 
literally just like, how dumb are you if you've got 200 ecstasy pills in the car and you need to get out of your car drunk to go right on a wall? Oh, it's, it's, it's pretty, you know, to risk life and limb in a lot of ways to just, you know, pretty stupid. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, you know, it goes against like any, any other, I mean, not to say, you know, the wide spectrum of criminals or people breaking penal code of like, you know, for somebody just satisfying a compulsion, uh, you know, momentary gratification versus somebody who's like way more organized and planned. I'm sure, you know, that, that just fits into like personalities. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, yeah, for some people, I guess it's just a drug. It's the same thing. I, I would liken it almost to a like gambling addiction, the way some of those oh, did it. Like they're just super, si- hot, very, very, very similar. Very yeah, like similar. When you, when you see, yeah, like, so anybody listening to this, when you see like a piece of graffiti and you're like, well, that's not even like art. It's just like r- scribbling on a wall. That's that gambling addict side of graffiti, right? Like the kind of. Yeah, no, one, 100%. I mean, without interviewing that person in particular, but I, I well, can I mean, say like done it. I've 90. Seen, it says door on a bunch of train poles still. All you know, and that was highly entertaining while it lasted. Um, no, but it is a weird, dude, people got, I mean, we know people who got their fucking asses kicked. Yeah, because they were writing their name over other people's names and none of the people involved were even remotely talented at art. Right. Because it was so it was so heavily ingrained in the subculture that we grew up in. Yeah. As far as, you know, neighborhood like, you know, even if you didn't write, you had a tag. You know, if you hung out in the park, you had a tag. Yeah. And if and you know as the saying goes if if you write you fight. So dude if they, there were dudes with like probably had to put up a tag in 5 years but if somebody wrote over a tag that was 5 years old they'd be like I have to fight that guy now. It was just very right. silly shit. In like that there's like a lot of like well like there was two guys from the Sheepshead Bay projects that were okay. writing on literally everything. You got you know who I'm talking about, right? I don't want to say their names because I don't want to really Yeah. Yeah, there are there are, there are actually like uh, there's there's a few I could think of off the top of my head. I could think about the like two, five of them. They both started with D, and they were literally everywhere for a little while. Sold dust. All right. Yeah, yeah. you know who I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, yeah. Without getting too into details, not too many people listen, but like it's like it's a weird thing. Whereas like a kid we knew who was a me- literal mental patient, right? Decided like I'm talking about for anybody listening to this. This kid at one point I was sitting in front of him, and he believed that at one point. Uh, I was Biggie Smalls, but not that I was actually Biggie Smalls, that I had programmed all of the rhymes into a Biggie Smalls robot who then became Biggie Smalls and was murdered. He thought everybody he knew was somebody, like famous. Like, you know what I mean? You, PCP is uh, it's a crazy uh, disassociative. Yeah. Well, so um, he decided to- you, you, also, you also had the key to every car, right? Oh, yes. That was the one. He was like, he was like, he was like Chris, you have the keys to the cars. Just give me the keys yeah. to the cars. And I was like, what are you fuck? I was like, I literally like was just smoking a blunt on this kid's stoop because other people were. And I was like, I was like super not okay with the amount of taking advantage of this kid that people in the neighborhood were like kind of like, and I'm just like, all right, I am I'm removing myself from this situation. But he was just writing over these fucking really like dangerous guys tags. And I think they just wanted to fucking kill him until they saw that he was just this scrawny little kid. And right. they still beat the shit out of him. I think he ended up in the right. hospital. I, I think that happened once or twice, yeah. Yeah. And it was just, and it was, uh, it's like over nothing. 
Right. Right. Over nothing at all. And I mean, we, we knew some people, you know, up the block from there in the park who continually like had beef with their own best friends, people yeah. they considered their friends. They, you know, they'd stab each other one week and then they were boys the next. And then I've they talked about the, uh, I've talked about the one gentleman who, um, who was there the night of the blackout. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I was just thinking on the show. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe you, maybe your ears were burning when I was talking about it. Cause I, I think I told the story on this show. Um, but that dude, yeah, that he was a guy who was just like, never going to pursue that as anything other than just, I want to be committing crimes whenever I can be. And then right. yeah, we're just like fighting people over that. And like, people be like, I don't know. I was drunk, man. I was just writing on a wall. I forgot that it was you. Who the fuck cares? And they're just like, no, right. I'll stab you. Basically. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, he got thrown through a Chinese store window, um, you know, et cetera. Dude, I remember that kid pulled his teeth out in front of me. And it was the first time I had ever seen like somebody that wasn't an old, you know, my dad had dentures. My mom had like caps and stuff. It was the first time I had ever seen a young man. Pull dentures. Pull dentures. And he, and it was just from getting his teeth kicked in. Cause he, right. Because of graffiti beef. It was like, it was a weird, I was like, Jesus. Cause there's a guy who's maybe, he's like seven or eight years older than us. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a decade, but seven or eight. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, it's a fucking very, that, that whole aspect of it is a very, and whatever, it started, graffiti started, what, up in Harlem? What was the guy's name? Tracy 18, was it 183? Well, Tra- Tracy 186. Uh, I mean, I, can, I couldn't say historically that he was. I think it's credited that way. Like when you see, like, yeah. whenever I've read like a history of like hip hop that includes graffiti, because it should. Yeah. Like, uh, I think, uh, what's, the, what's the main documentary that where Case lays in it as is the Wiz? I. Well, K. Slay isn't is the Wiz. Uh, Which one was he? They're 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 separate. I forget what K. Slay wrote, but uh, that's Style Wars you're thinking about. Yes. Yeah, so in Style Wars, I th- I believe that uh, Tracy is credited as being the first, yeah. or at least the first person to rep their block outside of their neighborhood all around the city. Even though it wasn't right, a hundred a hundred sixty eighth Street. Yeah. Was yeah Tracy one sixty eight. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah, and then it was. I mean, yeah. there's other guys. There was a magazine called Frank One Five One. It was the guy who created the Wu Tang W. Uh, oh right, wrote Frank One Five One because from yeah, yeah, yeah. First. He used to throw a lot of parties. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, but I mean those magazines because he had a magazine. That's that's another thing I want to talk to you about is like you kind of witnessed some of the money get thrown at this. You took me to a bunch of galleries where I was just like, you know, I was a dumb fucking mook, and I'm like in art galleries, and I'm just like, I cannot believe that we're just getting like, it, these are all idiots that somebody gave money to like some fucking investor was like, yeah, we're just going to have a gallery opening and sell these fucking graffiti paintings. And it'd just be like an excuse to get boozed out of your face. Right. Right. We were, we were there binge drinking. Yeah. Um, amongst other things, but yeah, that's another thing of like, you know, people drinking and uh, engaging in fun or dangerous behaviors. But how did like, so how did that, but I mean like, all right, so it was probably like the early 2000s, money started yeah. to kind of flow into the graffiti subculture. And I don't know if it's just because that was the, probably the biggest time for hip hop in general. And there is that close association, but like you had a good buddy who had a loft based off just graffiti that was like sponsored by a large energy they had a, company. Yeah, they had a corporate sponsorship and that allowed them to, you know, um, showcase a bunch of friends and different people's artwork and it wasn't always necessarily graffiti based 
but there was a whole scene based around it. And um, it's such it's a, kind of a thing, corporate kind of a special time. It was just, yeah, it was this corporatization of edge that came out of the like late nineties, early two thousands. Right. Like it was just, right. And they were throwing a lot of money at stuff. You can, I could never imagine that a major corporation, a large, very large company would throw yeah. money at a group of guys who are literally advertising the fact that they commit crimes and that's it. Right. Um, and you saw this everywhere. We, we have a everywhere. Friend, we have a friend who literally got grants written to teach graffiti to kids in schools because it's now regarded as a legitimate art form. I mean, it is. It's typography. It is. It is. It, it, exactly. I mean, you're, you're teaching people fonts and you're teaching people. Well, I mean, that shows. I mean, I don't know. The, I don't know the best way to describe that. Like uh, people in those positions might somehow like people writing the grants, people in the social programs might be admiring the art and then never really, you know, never really had it in them to do it themselves or didn't, you know, decided that that's not the direction they wanted to take it, but they were somewhere on the sidelines or in the periphery and always kind of like I, I, before I did it, I always enjoyed it, you know? Well, cause I always, young. I always liken it to, it's this weird thing, right? Where it's like fucking. So we were talking about like the neighborhood guys who would throw their stuff up. That definitely worked with chicks at the time. It was like whatever Instagram or Facebook is now in a weird way. Like it was like this level of like, fame you know whatever it was called fame like it's like it's there's a level there was a little level of notoriety you could achieve just by having this as your hobby that you couldn't have playing handball or whatever right i mean it's a different 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 subgenre. it's pretty interesting um well you, you know, know, that people- you know what i mean like it literally i feel like that literally like there was a type of chick who if she found out you were the guy whose name she had seen on all these i mean whatever I was never into white girls who talk that black, but you know, it's, it, it was definitely a thing that worked. Yeah. Yeah. It, it did. Like people, people like the culture and uh, you know, whether I, yeah, I don't know where that's fit into like what, what girlfriends and associations I've had with women from that. But I mean, you know, it's, it's happened and it's, it's, you know, that it bled over into that side of culture too. And yeah, without calling any names or, uh, any pejoratives yeah definitely definitely notoriety around just like something that's silly something just, it's the same as like twitter it's it's yeah. as silly as twitter like we and we all look at twitter as like everybody from our generation looks at social media in this weird i mean there are people who obviously are making money off of it whatever i use it to promote shit like this but it's like we all kind of like look at it as like this is dumb shit but it's just as dumb as this other thing we just didn't have phones Right. You know what it comes down to. It's, I mean, it's shameless self-promotion, but it's, it's branding. You've, you yeah. figured a way to like brand yourself. You've created a name that's not really created off of anything other than, you know, writing it in different places. So you and your peers could see it, but you, you've, you've branded yourself. I mean, for I, you, I, I'll tell you this, my girlfriend just saw um, the piece you put up on nine 11 recently. Cause you know, wow. some of it is still visible. Not all of it. It was a giant piece. And for anybody who needs to, there's a, you could probably find it if you Google it. But you just wrote, end of the world, O-O-O-O-O-R-K. It's like a fucking block long. I couldn't believe you. And it was, you li- literally, I took the train home on 9-11 and saw that brand new piece. You know what I mean? Like, it was like four in the morning or whatever it was. 
And it was just like, I was like, holy shit, how the fuck did he get out there and get that done so quickly? Well, I think one of the first things we did, I mean, then other than, you know, go and talk to a history teacher, whether it was like during 9-11, we watched it from a rooftop two miles away. I think we were coming off pills Mm -hmm. and we were smoking a blunt, kind of watching it fall. It was a very surreal moment. But I think the first thing I did after that, uh, other than go talk to a history teacher at the school about what plausible theories might be, um, we went to go rack paint. First thing we did, we went to, you know, well, I'm going to leave the store's name out of it. Uh, but we went to go rack paint and we went to the tracks because we knew the trains were shut down. So we were just, you know. But within, like, um, yeah, like by the end of that day, you got, you had that up. Yeah. And it was yeah. bucket paint, rollered, and then you did uh, cans over it, right? Spray cans over it? Yeah. Yeah. We outlined it with, uh, you know. That's another thing. A lot of people don't realize, like, some of the fucking, I'll get into the racking stuff in a minute. But, like, a lot of people don't realize some of the fucking bugged out ways that people do graffiti. Like, just, like, forget the danger of being on the train and just, like, all the stuff. I remember you, maybe it was you or uh, our other buddy, uh, Jedi, showed me, like, walked through the t- – I mean, probably you showed me some of his pieces. Like, and it's, like, these are only for other graf- – like, massive, giant pieces of art that are just for, like, other graffiti writers and the MTA. Pretty much there are certain places where we enjoyed painting that maybe not just for, for the peer group, but um, those, those are also the places that are least likely to get painted over. So they might, they, might there, they might be there a quarter of a century later. You know? well, it's, it's, yeah, it's the kind of thing when this is, uh, you remember the cartoon Thundar the Barbarian that took place in post-apocalyptic Manhattan? And they called uh, no, but I'm going to look it up now. Like, I feel like that's like, like when that happens, when eventually Thundar is our only hope in the world, I feel like people are going to be seeing random nonsensical graffiti pieces and being like, what the fuck? What, like 500 years from now, people are going to be like, what the fuck is this? Like, I mean, why- it's def- definitely the hieroglyphics of our time. Yeah. You know? it, it is um, a strange thing. I mean, but my like- favorite thing with that is like the Rev stories. You know, oh, you go yeah, in a tunnel yeah, and most, most people going through tunnels, like, what would, you know, and then he's telling a story like, hey, John Eric, this guy on, you know, 86th Street in Bay Ridge back in the day. He's got um, like a hundred of them, right? So for people who don't know, Revs and Cost were giant graffiti writers in what, the 80s, right? Uh, early 90s. Okay. Um, so, maybe so, late 80s. Well, Revs was around in the 80s doing trains and then he and they have a store now. Revs has a store now in Park Slope. That's incredible. Yeah, it's he's like an art store. He sells art. It might be cost. I don't know. It was one of those guys has a as a store over in Park Slope. But for anybody who doesn't know, literally just like not like enhanced. I was writing. Did anybody ever compile all of those? They would say like one of a hundred or something, and he would just write right. out an entire story on a wall that the train passes. It's probably archived somewhere. But I mean, those those stories were super influential to me because in a lot of ways, it's like you know someone's version of therapy being able to write their own little, like, you know, this, my neighbor did this on this day. And uh, that's, that's super rare because, you know, normally conceptually people are just selling, selling themselves. But in that case, he's just telling what's going on in his psyche and a little bit about his personal history. And like I said, there was a hundred, there was hundreds of them. Yeah. Different tunnels around the city. And I'm talking about like, like, 
I always every time I saw them, I always pictured like Bart Simpson in the beginning of The Simpsons on the chalkboard. You know what I mean? Yeah, doing doing the old standards. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like yeah. Just, like I, I just I never. It's crazy. Um, but even like some of the like, I remember you know knowing you guys, you would kind of tell me how people would do this. Like people were repelling to do fucking pieces. Some people were just oh, yeah. being held upside down by their fucking ankles to do a fucking to do a fucking throw up. Like it's crazy. Yeah, you know, like for for what reason other than you know we had an excess of energy and uh, we were working yeah, out have, some sort of dysfunction. You know, they didn't have as many Ritalin prescriptions twenty years. Well, ago. right, or or we got too much Ritalin. Yeah, maybe um, one or and the other. Even just like even I always thought it was kind of cool because you'd see these giant fucking pieces. And I was like, well, how the fuck did they do like giant but like ugly? And like uh, maybe it was you that told me you were just like. Dude, they just fucking fill up a fire extinguisher with fucking paint and then recompress it. Right. And right, I didn't, yeah. I had, like, they're just like the innovation to just be like, yeah, I, even though that's ugly, all the graffiti writers looked at that and was like, well, that's something new. Yeah, no, I mean, conceptually, it was new. I, I forget who were the first cats who started doing it around. It was kind of like an out of state thing. But um, it, as far as vandalism goes, that's a big way to write your name on the side of buildings. Dude, that is. A1, I was always like super impressed with whoever was just like, I'm going to do that because it's just such a dick move. Like, it's it's, literally, it's literally just slinging shit on something. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is just monkeys throwing feces in the zoo. You got that right. Yeah, like it's fuck. But it, I mean, I remember just being like, damn, I just like liked all of the fucking or like whatever. There's a fucking ink called crink. And if people don't know what that is, it's like because it comes, it seeps through paint when you try to paint over it. Right. That's what it was. Well, no, nah, I think he, he found a way, uh, the writer KR found a way of, uh, like, you know, making his own ink and marketing it. It's probably like, you know, diluted Rust-Oleum, silver Rust-Oleum at first or something. But wasn't it just, I, uh, wasn't there a reason why it, it took off? It, it was somehow resistant to stuff on the trains or something? No, nah, you know, what we used to do with that is we take, like, shoe dye, we take the Garvey's, like, the register ink, and we take... Mm-hmm. Griffin, like wait, register ink, and, like for 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 a cash register roll. Yeah, for a cash register. For, and you would take for like that a and be able to do, and you'd put that on the subway. Yeah, yeah, and then they were, they were called inside, so you'd do like panel. You'd write panels, and it would seep through because that you know you'd add some brake fluid or something to you'd the add, mix. Hold on, you had literal brake fluid to ink, and so when you right. wrote, so when you wrote your name on the inside of a train, when they tried to take it off or paint over it, it seeped through. It would always stain through, yeah. See, like that's fucking chemistry. To just, you know, in some way, it is. It's it's like hood chemistry. I mean, look, I, I think I said on I said somewhere else recently, like Freaky, Freeway Ricky Ross made a billion dollars selling crack, and he was fucking illiterate. You know what I mean? That's still chemistry. I don't care. It, yeah, it was chemistry. I mean, he had the CIA on his side too, but he thought he was just really good at freaking hustling. Yeah, it's true. Um, all right. So, so hold on. Fucking let's talk, take it back to some of the fucking, cause like, I think there's like a massive, there's a massive shoplifting subculture in the United States right now. I don't know if you know, like if you've ever read any of this stuff online, like Tumblr, there's a lot, there's a ma- and it's a lot of girls, but I still okay. think it kind of comes out of graffiti culture. Does it? Well, like, cause even like those guys, what were the polo boys? That was, Oh, uh, right, right, right. Those, those guys were all graffiti writers in the eighties. Yeah, you know, uh, it, they for anybody who the, doesn't know, for the uninitiated, the Polo Boys were these guys who would run in at fucking stores and just rack massive amounts of fucking polo shirts, just Ralph Lauren shit, 
like right. to, to the tune of so like the, 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 the sub demographic on that. I mean, they, they called themselves low lives. Okay. So it was like, you know, there, there were a bunch of people down with them. They were like, there was a big crown Heights crew mm-hmm. and, uh, one of the graffiti crews they had was uh, USA United Shoplifters Association. Mm. And uh, yeah, they, they did everything from like big snatch and grabs to probably, you know, everything up the back down the leg sort of vibe that you could popping Lizzie's all over the place. But yeah, like I that never culture knew of trying to like wear as preppy stuff as you could in the hood because somebody tells you you can, you know? Well, yeah, I always, I'm, look, I never met anybody with one of those fucking magnets that takes the fucking, uh, it, the tags off the 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 metal detector tags off clothes that wasn't also a graffiti writer oh yeah yeah you could say that i mean the the cultures bled together because you had to because you stole paint you probably stole clothes to look fly too i mean shit i once watched you steal an entire filet mignon from a grocery store oh yeah that was delicious yeah we cooked it later that night it was porum we cooked it for porum for the juice it was porum yeah we had a porum um but yeah it's just it's, no, it's an interesting thing. Like, you guys would fucking literally load up entire shopping carts in Home Depot, cover them with a, just a fucking tarp, and walk out like you fucking... That's why they check receipts at Home Depot now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big I part mean, Do You know, I mean, there, there is the dopamine release. There is the, there is the rush out of doing it. But there's also, like, we wanted paint. And we're not going to, like... I'm not going to, you know, work a nine-to-five to... Five to spend all my to spend you know buy a five dollar can well there's something yeah i mean there's something really silly working a legit job to go out and commit crimes at night and it just gets you your dopamine rush during the daytime as opposed to because you can't you can't do graffiti if i mean yeah i guess you can but like if you're doing graffiti during the day you're really a fucking asshole like you know i mean you're you're a cowboy and there were times and places where the streets were so busy that we would Mm -hmm. and you know what I mean? There's, there's something to that too. But I mean, generally the people engaged in that are the people who are probably like. All right. Well, we had like a quick little glitch there. Shit happens. What are you going to do? We're in the age of fucking Zoom. Um, but we were talking about some of the different ways people would steal stuff and just the shoplifting culture that surrounded graffiti and kind of like, I kind of think that's a lot of where shoplifting culture came from because a lot of little sisters learned how to shoplift from their older brothers that were doing graffiti. Um, and at one point, you told me, in my opinion, one of the coolest ways to fucking shoplift, which was you guys were printing. It's not quite shoplifting, but you guys were printing barcodes of more expensive items and yeah. uh, pasting them onto. Oh, no, you were printing less, barcodes less expensive. less expensive items and kind of plastering them on items that were more expensive to get them for cheaper like compressors yeah. and shit like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we, were, we would reprint barcodes, um, cover, cover the pre-existing ones, and then pay a nominal amount for it and then return them for cash, cash returns and then take gift cards or, or cash and purchase whatever we wanted. I'll tell you what's an ex- insane thing is like right now, if, well, you, uh, eventually people got caught doing that, right? Like you can't really get away with that anymore. Somebody, somebody had to get caught somewhere down the line, whether it was like at one of the bookstore chains or cause yeah, we had, we had, a, it, it wasn't just that hardware store chains. We had to go a bunch of different places. Yeah. Well, cause I mean, you told me one that I thought, and this is the kind of thing, first of all, I don't know if you know this, but on eBay, 
typically, particularly for someplace like Home Depot, um, gift cards go for 95% of the value. Right. Because, because they, contractors they will just save the 5% uh, right. every time. So like, so it's like, so if you're getting, if you if you guys are doing this with cans, compressors, because that's, that's kind of like your home was these fucking large scale hardware stores, like these big box hardware stores. Because I remember every local hardware store had all spray paint in a fucking cage long before Home Depot did or Lowe's did or anything like that. Oh yeah, because of the neighborhood goonery that went around. But I mean, the, the big thing with like all the box hardware stores Home Depot, Lowe's, all those places. Sometimes you, it would be as simple as asking them to open the cage, and then and they'd walk they, away. They'd open the cage, and we'd just walk away with it. Because it was yeah, because yeah. it was a seventeen-year-old. Yeah, or, or like seventeen-year-old. It was not even that. It's like such a huge place. You're like, yeah, I, I need twenty cans of spray paint, but I'm gonna go buy some other stuff. Go away. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm gonna go shop for a door, and you know, I mean, as long as loss prevention's not, you know, you you don't have any secret shoppers, you know, watching you. You know, you just take it somewhere else. Yeah, you just stuff it in your. You just go to a. You just go to a quiet aisle and shove that shit all down. You just shove it down your jenkos. Yeah, you know, if if we actually ever wore jenkos, you know, I'm sure somebody we, did. That's what they were. Yeah, doing. you know, I mean, they were a little loose on the bottom. They'd probably fall out, and you know, they'd be. Dude, I told the story. I told the story on here a while back, but I literally had a pair of wide, those like stupid wide leg jeans that I'd never even bought, but somebody like, like I got from somebody. Yeah. And I only had them because when lobster tails would go on sale at Pathmark, the same place you, the same Pathmark you stole the filet mignon from lobster tails would go on sale and they would put them in a bin in the middle. And in those pants, I could fit six lobster tails, like three packages of two frozen lobster tails in each pocket. And then I would just buy like a two liter of Pepsi and walk out with 12 lobster tails that I stick in the freezer. You know, uh, that's, that's, it reminds me of the time we, you know, got some rock'em sock'em robots, a vacuum and uh, a deep fryer. And, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, uh, that was no, that was national wholesale liquidators. Um, but yeah, I mean, whatever, look, I, I, I almost just said there's nothing wrong with stealing, which is fucking ridiculous, but it didn't feel like we were doing anything wrong. I mean, there is the, you know, chalking it up to youth. But, yeah. uh, you know, in a, system, in a system, in a culture, you know, where it, it felt, it didn't feel out of place at the time. Yeah. Yeah, now I feel like, if I, I can't imagine, like, I was just talking to a couple of people about this the other day. Like, imagine getting, like, like I, I've had the turnstile since COVID, right? Um, but mostly just because they stopped taking cash at fucking right. token booths and I just didn't have my card on me. And I was like, well, I need that train. I've only been on the train four times. And it's like, well, it's like, well, I need that train and uh, you won't take my money. So I'm going to give this a risk, but I like, I can't imagine getting arrested for two right. seconds. It was just embarrassing at this point. It would be a pain in the ass to get a DAT and have to show up for court like four times for just to try to get on the train when you got a couple hundred bucks in your pocket. Yeah, exactly. It would just be, I would literally show up and be like, I didn't have my card on me and they don't take cash in the train anymore. What was I fucking supposed to do? Like, yeah. And I think, I think if you level with most cops at this point, being this age, they're not trying to give you some, I mean, they might be robotic about it, but you know, they might not be on that authoritarian trip the same way they were when quality of life crimes were big, you know? Oh yeah. Under the Giuliani and uh, Bloomberg stuff. We were, oh, we were talking broken, about this a little broken, bit. Broken, broken window dealing. 
You yeah, know? I've, t- I've talked about this a little bit, just like the amount of times I was like stopping for like people like weirdly thought it was like um, not like weirdly because it was disproportionate in the black and Spanish neighborhoods. But like in like blue collar white neighborhoods, like that wasn't happening in like Park Slope much. That wasn't happening no, because people the Upper West Side, people, but in Chica Bay, Marine parents, Park, huh? probably, you know, probably because cops knew people's parents were lawyers and you know held appointments in certain areas or they were you know members of the aclu card carrying you know where if you were in a blue collar neighborhood it was like your parents were like yo you fucked up you know whatever yeah all right let's get back into some of the graffiti writing stuff now like i know some of you guys you went to you were in australia a few years back oh yeah yeah now, yeah. did you stay with, did you, did you have any of your contacts there from graffiti? Because I know, like, our buddy Jedi, he's, like, traveled to Europe. And, like, he's, like, gone with, did you go, you didn't go with him on that trip, right? I didn't go with him on that trip. He has, he's made contacts through graffiti, and that's allowed him to travel in that way. While I was out there, I, I, met, I met some dudes at the skate park, and we did a couple track sides. But okay. that was just, like, I'm more of a brick and mortar in person type of guy. And he happened to have like, when he went on his trips, he had connections through mutual friends. And he was, but he was like, yeah, he was like meeting people on forums and shit. Yeah. Like there's like yeah. online forums for, for some of this stuff. It's like kind of, some of his stories are kind of, you know, I don't want to like ask you too much to tell his stories, but it is this like interesting thing of just like crashing on couches with other guys because they, it's again, the respect thing. They want to get up in Germany with you because you're a New York graffiti guy. Right. Right. I mean, that's how the subculture was working and probably still is working. You it's know? such a weird thing. Do you know anything about like just the way graffiti grew in Europe? Because in Europe, I know at least for a while, I would pick up like the graffiti magazines every once in a while when I was younger. And it seemed like the biggest, craziest pieces, I don't know if they were legal walls or what, were just popping up in in Europe, in Germany, particularly, I mean, the International Graffiti Museum is in Germany now, I believe. Um, but, like, do you know anything about, like, why that is or what made them? Like, whereas, like, I don't know, like, in Japan, you saw, like, breakdance culture and, like, rapping got a lot bigger. But in Europe, for whatever reason, they gravitated towards the graffiti. You know, as far as, like, Germany and you got, you got writers like How and Nassim and dudes like that, they – Really, like, I could say that they took it a step above as far as, like, doing all cars and trains and doing it in a way of where, like, that scene had already faded in New York and New York might have been, like, a mecca in the 80s. By the time it reached Europe, Europe was just doing it better later, you know, later on. And they were, I mean, for lack of better vernacular, more hardcore in certain ways. Well, it's like, it's, yeah, it's kind of like athletes. It's hard to compare a guy like LeBron James to, a, like, or like whatever. Like, it's hard to compare like a home run hitter now to Babe Ruth because he was just a fat guy who happened to be good at this. He was like a freak that happened to be, you know what yeah, I mean? He was, like, he was eating hot dogs and knocking them out. He was selling fucking Cadillacs in, his, in the fucking off season. You know what I mean? Like, it's like it's hard to, yeah. Like, it's like you, like we, we talked about, like the first graffiti was just guys writing their name poorly with their street. And then it just, and the gang, gang graffiti to me is still, it's hilarious how bad, like you should be embarrassed to rep your set this way. Well, yeah, as far as typography and fonts and everything, you know, something's just like, you know, put a little more effort into it. 
know? Yeah, I mean, they got decoder rings and shit to fi- to decipher the fucking messages. But it is like a weird thing where it's just like none of those guys ever, like you will see shit that just like poorly says bees up and then like a six-point star that like I've seen shit that said six-point star with a five-point star next to it. Yeah, you know, it's a, yeah, big big difference between a hexagram and a septagram, yeah. for sure, but, or a pentagram. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, that's, yeah, that that's, that's fairly common, I suppose, against, you know, yeah. It's just, yeah, shit. It's just yeah, those guys do, but those guys aren't even looking. They're they're just doing it because it's usually like I would imagine it's probably like a younger kid who's joined a gang or even like somebody who's faking it. Yeah, with some of that stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, I suppose like somebody further deeper into you know wouldn't even be doing that in the first place. Did you ever meet anybody who like kind of got into it through some of like the goonier ways, like a gang graffiti guy or a fucking neighborhood guy who then like like. Because, like, so the guys we were talking about earlier when we were talking about guys who, like, had lofts and sponsorship and all this, those guys kind of took it more or at least more artistically. They were proficient. They had uh, technical skills. They were more proficient even from the beginning. Uh, did you ever, like, meet anybody who, like, kind of took it from kind of, like, the, the, the more street level and then, like, mo- like, almost, like, left the street level of it because of the graffiti, because of the artistic aspect? You know, there are um- – I'm drawing a blank on, on names right now, but there are definitely a few that because of the amount and the quantity that they did, irrespective of like style or what people considered aesthetically pleasing, they kind of just, because they were fucking blowing it up, they, you know, they, they got popular and people were like, all right, let's put this person on because they're just going hard. But um, nobody really just became like a fucking turtleneck wearing fucking wine sipper. From oh, the hood. No, you know, no, not that I know. I mean, you know, they probably prefer 40s. Yeah. Well, back then, yes, uh, for sure. Old, old gold. I mean, maybe they transitioned. Yeah. Um, did you have, what did you think about like when five points closed? Um, did you have like any standing opinion? I mean, of like some of the guys who were there who like wanted to hold it down or just like, was it, I mean, those guys just wanted to keep their space, but they were all also making money there. Right, even though they're supposed to be running a nonprofit, you know, I mean, I remember the space as like a, a party space where there were like outlaw raves, and then I remember people being able to go there and you know, get you know, do something off the seven line. And I think you know, as an organization, yeah, they probably you know, taught people that you know, mirrors and some of those guys. Uh, yeah, I don't really know too much about what went on later with it. Oh, because you were gone, you were out of the country at that point. I was right? out of the country by that point. I see. Um, It is a weird thing, though. We're talking about the compulsion aspect of it. And just like, so like, I don't know if you know this, it's starting to tick back up here in New York. Great. Like, I'm starting to, I I saw a guy doing a hand style during the day um, right by my house, over by the New Kirk Avenue train station. Um, Yeah. I drove, you know, I was driving through Oakland the other day and I saw a middle-aged man and his wife filming filming him. He was, you know, he was doing a throw-up on the highway. And really? His wife was yeah, and I was like, oh, shit. No they, were in a, they were in a minivan? Yeah, probably. Probably some kids. It was, it was spray chalk. Have you seen spray chalk? Nah, no, nah, I don't condone that type of behavior. I was, trying um, to teach, I was trying to teach my niece how to do graffiti with spray chalk. All right. A couple right months on. back. 
She she really wasn't getting it. She just kept drawing flowers. I was like, nah, that's, you gotta be, you gotta do that hood shit. Redo it. Flowers. What, what, yeah. what is this? Yeah. Yeah, bitch shit. You can't be fucking doing that shit. No. I mean, uh, you, call, you call that a throw up? Yeah, exactly. Is there something? I mean, like, do you think there's something that like? <clears throat> So since it's like missing amongst the kids, because like we said, like they're doing other shit to catch fame or whatever. Like you, right. you have an Instagram prank parody account or something. Like, right. is there something that you think that the kids could get from this that they're not getting from their their new the new dopamine fucking release, which is just a social media thing or something like that? You know, I'm. It's interesting what would cause a strong revival in this day and age, and I mean clearly it's still going and how much style is influenced by, you know, somebody could have a style from all over the world because of the internet at this mm. point, you know, because they can look at somebody's, you know, somebody's work in Japan, whereas like shit used to be regional. Mm. Like if you were like, if you were in Flatbush, your shit was like, you were in Flatbush and people kind of had a similar hand style or you like, you know, the people you looked up to your stuff kind of like emulated them, mm. you know, where now you're, you, you could draw your influences from anywhere. But forgive me if that's a little off topic, but uh, no, no, that's fine. I like, I like the talk of the, like, I remember, I remember I was at a party with you and Gouch once. Okay. Years ago. And I forget who he was talking to. And he was like, and the guy was like, yeah, but this is how we freak it out West. And he was just like, oh, let me see if I could do that. It was just marker shit on some wall in some bar or some fucking loft we were at. And just like, he was just, he just like matched this different style from I don't even know maybe the Bay or something, and it was just like it was like a like a, bu- a standard bubble like just a basic bubble not like anything crazy, and he was like got it and just threw it right back up you know what I mean and it was just like that is interesting I mean I always think it's like really uh, I don't know like I know you know a little bit about art history but it's like a weird thing when you find out that like a bunch of different artists around the world all around the same time in human history develop perspective. Right, right, right. Collective conscious sort of vibes. Did that kind of happen? Like, did I mean, could could you point to a part of graffiti where that happens? Like a point, a point in the history of it. Well, I think I think the internet's a wide example of that. You know, whether it's through technological means or it's not like you know psychic collective conscious, mm-hmm. it's just like or unconscious. It's it's freaking it's a medium that's allowed people to have a window to other parts of the world when they're not able to travel there. Word. So, you know, it's just, a, it's just a different medium that's allowed people access to different, different locales, you know? All right. Well, I wanted to, I, I, there's something, there's, there's something else I wanted to talk to you about real quick and uh, yeah. we'll wrap this up in a few minutes, but um, there was okay. a night we were out, we were out with a friend of yours and this is about like kind of like danger in these situations. And if you've ever like, because like we like I said, there was a community that was built kind of a built around this at a point. I don't know how strong it is anymore, or if it's thriving in any way, in any sense of the term. Uh, I don't know if all these graffiti rides. I, I actually uh, on the show we uh, we applied for a grant. We're gonna try to build uh, the first ever Waffle House in New York with a sub subterranean Foot Clan layer under it. That was our, that, we, that was our proposal for. If we get that. We're obviously going to need graffiti writers to put pieces on the skate ramps. So we got like a little foul and foot clan thing going. Exactly. It's a, yeah, it's a foot clan. It's a subterranean foot clan layer. Uh, that's like, that, I think that will help revive New York. Cause it's the one thing New York is missing a waffle house. And then uh, the one thing that everybody thinks was the coolest thing when they were a child about New York that doesn't exist, which was the foot clan layer from the first Ninja Turtles movie. 
So here's the thing. We actually, we actually went through that train station below City Hall. That's like Oh, a, the one where they live in the second movie? Yeah, in the second one. Is that the, is that the like, uh, supposedly like FDR had his own train that went to the financial district? Is that that? You know, I would assume that that's that, but I, I would assume that, you know, what's going through the financial district over there might be like an east-west tunnel. Oh, um, maybe. But, but that, that station in the second Ninja Turtles flick was, was below City Hall. So, so it might be that. It might be something yeah. like that. That's, but that's like interesting that like you're in this fucking piece of history, piece of New York history, and you're walking through there and you're just like, Rather than realizing it as this weird piece of New York history, you go, hey, this is from the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's fucking cool. Yeah, it's fucking uh, dope. Also, being inside the Brooklyn Bridge, you know? It's inside the Brooklyn Bridge? Inside the Brooklyn Bridge. Jesus. What's yeah. inside the Brooklyn Bridge? Nothing. Well, at this point, nothing. But, I mean, it was like it must have been storage for something at some point. But it's just like, Just you know, Polish immigrants. That's where they kept them. Yeah, they kept him in there. Yeah. You know, and then they, they let him out to work on the docks first thing in the morning in the 20s. Yeah, they sent him across the water to, yeah. you know, what's now. You have him live in a shoe like that nursery rhyme. We don't have one. Put him in a bridge. Oh, send him across. Yeah. Um, when that, uh, this, this is the thing I wanted to ask you about. Is uh, So there was a night we were hanging out, and uh, it's kind of about danger with some of these people, because there's volatile, there's very volatile personalities in this, like we talked about throughout the interview, where it's like, some guys, I mean, I know you got into a fight with a guy who's currently in jail for multiple murders. Right. Because he just didn't think you should be doing graffiti. Right, I, yeah, it, that's, it's goofy. It's, it's really weird what, like, you know, not even to say just, like, uh, ego. You know, but uh, not even that. It's like a weird thing. Is like, did you when you met somebody who was into graffiti? Did you often feel safe with them? Because there was a night we were out with one of your buddies who used to work in the the guy who worked in the bar downtown. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he was with there was a guy who there's an urban legend around this one graffiti writer. Oh yeah, where supposedly I know where, you, I know where you're going with this. I'm gonna tell the story because a lot of people don't know this, but there was a guy, and it was like people that didn't do graffiti. Everybody knew this story. Where supposedly this graffiti writer was in a tunnel. Uh, it got actually, by actually, I think it was under the Coney Island boardwalk. Okay. So he was somewhere. Yeah. Raped by a homeless person. Right. Went back. Uh-huh. And lit this homeless person on fire. Didn't right. do time for it for whatever reason. Or did he? I, you know, the story was that he did. Okay. So now we're at a party one night. Do you remember the night in question? Uh, yes. We're with your buddy who, at the time, I'm hanging out with constantly. You were very close with. And okay. the two of them start talking. And this guy who had supposedly lit this homeless person on fire was hanging out with us. We're hanging out just drinking. And he was giving me and you some weird vibes. No? Do you remember the night I'm talking about? I mean, yeah, I'd say there's continual weird vibes there. From, okay. that, from that, that guy. From, from that guy. But then... He just walks off with your buddy, and I'm like, are we just letting this happen? Because I don't feel comfortable with this. And you kind of were just like, I think it'll be fine. You know, that's, you know, that's an interesting. It's just Maybe like, you were still drinking at the time, and that's why. Yeah, you know, here, here's also the thing. A lot of times graffiti writers would congregate with other graffiti writers, and irrespective of, like, other beliefs and, you know, 
social standings in life or anything like the, the connectivity just between, you know, two people who are completely different that just happen to write their name on shit, hang out just because they write their name on things. Yeah. It's like, you know, somebody who's like 50 hanging out with somebody who's like 16 and just because I don't know, they, they enjoy writing graffiti. Well, no, it's actually, it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing. Like, whatever, I've been doing stand-up pretty regularly for, it's not, obviously it's not the same because there's no, like, criminality there. But, like, it is, like, a fucking strange thing to be, you know, 37 years old and I have multiple friends that I've known for now five years that are 22. Right. And it's just, like, and it's just from the shared interest. Now, I'm not running off into a tunnel with them to commit crimes, yeah, you know, I mean, you're in a more uh, what would be considered by society a legitimate structure, but yeah. you know, but, um, it is an interesting it, thing though, where it is like there. It, I mean, I guess there's that level of respect because I mean, I never heard, I never heard too much about the couple of girls that I knew who were into that having a lot of issues. You know, if you had fortunately. Yeah, no, fortunately, out of, out of the women and young women I knew that, you know, wrote their names on things, I, I haven't heard too many bad stories. And that's, it's unique in that way, in a weird way. It, it's like it, any other story. Right. Where any it, other subculture, especially anything that involves, like, anything that involves illegal activity. You start talking about fucking drug subcultures and all this shit, and it starts getting, like, you, there's horror stories. Horror stories. And meanwhile, like, there's a, there's a certain innocence to, like, to graffiti in that way where, you know, you might be with somebody who they could be considered a hardened criminal in a lot of other ways. Um, say that, the, you know, like, somebody else in question, say that, you know, they got their start by, they, they were boosting cars, they were doing this, they were doing that, and they happened to write graffiti. But yet, I, I wouldn't say it's chivalry, or I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to chalk it up to. Like, it's just, but there was, like, there's an innocence in, like, the, the usefulness of. It's a different kind of dopamine drip. Oh, oh what happened? I don't, know, I don't know if that makes any sense. We get, we get this yeah, we got cut off. What were you saying? You, uh, you came back in right as you said, uh, I don't know if that makes any sense. Oh, I was saying uh, there's an innocence. There's an innocence to like the usefulness of writing your name on stuff. And there are people who, like, you know, done other crimes in other areas that's, that's still write graffiti but overall like you know it's not as they look at that almost in a child it, it really is just doodling in your notepad in in some ways it is it's just it's gratification by like doodling and your 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 sketchbook is you know generally public or private property word uh all right we're gonna i'm gonna ask you one last thing before we get the fuck out of here and it goes back to the thing we talked about like we said it was like it is a compulsion i know multiple people uh, a friend of ours if we're being honest, technically owes me millions of dollars because he once uh, bet yeah, me. Yeah, he quit. He, he said he quit. and he got arrested. Was it, a, was it a nickel? Was it five bucks? What was it? What was the initial wager? $5 every time he did graffiti again. And if I had to get – now he does it for a living. So if I had to guess, he owes me at least tens of thousands of dollars because this you, is fucking 15 years ago. You deserve some compensation. I, I – I was there. I was there when he said that. He, he almost, he, he was just like, yeah, you know, I got a girlfriend. I'm changing my life. And yeah, the, the compulsion's there. He is a guy who uh, 
you know, like where, where I started to notice the resurgence is because uh, our buddy Clay goes, I, I saw him in the, he was coming out of a tunnel. I was like, I was like, what are you coming from work? He's like, nah, tunnels. Like, right. Like as soon as they were like, we're shutting down the trains at 1 AM, he started going back into tunnels. And this is a guy who has like a legitimate business, multiple legitimate businesses, a life lives with a girlfriend. Like, and it's just like, as soon as they were like, we're shutting down trains at 1 AM, he went to his fucking storage closet and got every can he had and went back into the tunnels. It doesn't matter how functioning you, how high functioning you are. If you get an itch, I guess, you know? It's, I, yeah. It's like, well, it's like, this is, this is actually what I wanted to end with is just like, you literally had to go to Australia for a year. You came back to New York and you live on a farm in fucking Northern California right now. You know, I had personally, I had to reinvent myself. You know, I, my, my personality is kind of polarized in some ways. So I decided to, you know, whether it was me deciding to be a spiritualist or go in the opposite direction or be, you know, just totally take it in the opposite direction as far as like what's urban and then go the, to do a full 180, you know, is what I felt I had to do for myself. Mm. Um, which, which I'm grateful for the ability to be able to do that 180. But um, can't say that's the same for everybody. But I mean, you know, I, it's like uh, you do doodle. Everybody still doodles, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll never be able to get rid of that handwriting, you know? Oh, yeah, that's just how you write things. Now. That's how I write now, yeah. you know? And it depends, like, where I'll be or I'll, I'll have to write something down and then somebody else will be like, oh, yo, what did you write, you know? Mm. I'll be like, well, you know, it's decades ago. It is a true thing. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll see, like, somebody's handwriting, but I used to do graffiti. Yeah. Like, you, if you just, like, know, because it's just, like, you just do it. It's even, like, the way a lot of guys who used to do graffiti will hold a pencil – like, you know how you hold a pencil kind of like this when you draw instead of like this when you write? Yeah. You'll see a lot of guys doing that, and then they'll write in that style, and you'll go, all right, I know where you're at. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's how it affected how we grow up. And, I mean, there's, there's, I don't know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of avenues and branches we could go off that. And I feel like, I feel like we should even continue the interview on some, some level and uh, – well, what do you, yeah. what do you mean? What do you got to say? It's fine. We don't have to. I don't even know what I got to say right now. I don't know if you have any more questions or I just feel like this banter is pretty good and we can keep rolling. If you, if I mean, you I could stop recording and we can have a conversation because we're friends. I like that. We are friends. I miss you. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to do that. And if you want to know more about graffiti, go to your local library. And of course, if you're interested in graffiti, you can go to vinylgraph.com and get custom graffiti decals for your room. They're reusable. You use the promo code Chris1 at vinylgraph.com. That's V-I-N-Y-L-G-R-A-F-F.com. You're going to get a sweet discount, man. Go, go check it out. All right. Yeah. Thanks, dork. All right. Let me hit the stop button.